The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Let's go. Boy, you, you're going deep, fella. I mean, that's why Elon Musk is a success. Why? Because he smoked weed on this show. I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was... <laughs> That's like with high school kids. That guy's think. got a lot of money, and I saw him smoke weed on this show. That's what happened, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was the root of it. I almost got him fucking, f- like, removed from NASA top clearance. I, that's crazy, dude, that you would have to... It's Meanwhile, crazy we were how, drinking yeah. whiskey for, like, two hours before we hit I that know. blunt. That's wild how slow that aspect, because weed's so legal in so many places, yeah. you forget that it's not legal still. Well, it was legal in California. That's what he asked me. He goes, it is legal. I go, yeah, it's legal here. Yeah, but it's not, there's there's California law, and yeah. then there's- uh, State law. Yeah. Federal law, rather. Or yeah. also like corporate, like investor confidence law, I guess, is what he's Well, this he's is violated. NASA. NASA had an issue with it, so it's government. Because yeah. so, it's marijuana still very unfortunately is still federally schedule one yeah. Which means it has no medical benefits Which is hilarious because I'm pretty sure cocaine is schedule two because cocaine has medical benefits Because of the throat right like Elvis would get it for his throat <laughs> Is that what he was saying? The colonel? No, no, that, I mean officially that's why they would give it to him. I was watching oh, like yeah. his entourage like the guys from his entourage we need to get Elvis some cocaine for his throat. It was like this medical grade, the kind Robert Evans got busted trying to get, the pure, like, oh. liquid, liquid cocaine. And they would just dip these cotton swabs in it, and you stuck them, and they would just sit there and be ripped for hours, he said, on liquid. It was for his uh, throat. Well, if it would numb it, because they had, like, I had lidocaine on my yeah, nose, right. which is like a cousin of cocaine, I guess. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting about it, it fucking killed my appetite. Like I tried to go to yeah, dinner right. <laughs> afterwards. I was like, God, I don't want to eat anything. I know yeah. I'm hungry. I had this delicious steak in front of me and I couldn't eat it. Oh, yeah, right. Because the lidocaine, like it was still in my throat. I could taste it. It was like, ugh. Isn't ugh. that like a similar? What's that movie? It numbs yeah. everything. But it doesn't get you high, but it does get you feeling weird. You don't, you don't yeah. feel like you're not in any way like high. You know, but you all, you all like, ugh, like weirded out. I think he gave me like a heavy dose too, because he had to clean out my nose and how did you know, he apply fix it? my septum. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember because they put me under. I don't remember if it was injections. I don't remember what happened. Because mm. I had to go out for that because it's it was pretty serious. I had to fucking get in there and <laughs> shave what's that, what's... down your turbinates. Oh, that's I didn't even know this was called. Yeah, it's like these bumps in the middle. My nose was fucked. And from so, getting hit or just oh well from everything I fell down a flight of stairs when I was five years old so really? I remember yeah it was a little photo of me with a black eye when I was five I remember I just slipped and fell down a cement flight of stairs Jesus Christ in my backyard when I was five smashed my nose and so I think from then on I never had a good nose <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it was pretty fucked up from then on I was a literal mouth breather until I was forty and then I got my nose fixed yeah no but... oh my god it was the greatest thing ever I was like. I just had always had huge nostril capacity myself. So. Well, a lot of guys start out with huge nostril capacity, but if you get hit there enough, a yeah. lot of uh, wrestlers and uh, very much boxers, boxers, they get their nose smashed. MMA fighters get their nose smashed. Yeah, right. They all have stuffed up noses. Remember Randall Texcoff? Yeah. It looked like somebody just spread oh his nose God. like butter onto his... <laughs> Meanwhile, Artie Lang probably has the most impressive broken nose I've ever seen. Yeah, like well, Artie's is collapsed. 
you know? Yeah, that's a crazy story. I just talked to him not that long ago. He's the best. <laughs> I love that dude so I much. I love him so much. <laughs> he's such a good, he's like, when you're around him, you just want to hug him. Yeah, he's just dude. such a good. He's always been that way too. I've he known that guy do, for uh, twenty plus years. Yeah, he's a one of if you. At, we used to do me and Sherrod's old podcast, Rays Wars, and he'd give me a ride back to Washington Heights, and it was like the funniest. It was like the funniest dude to yes. hang out with that I ever met. Yeah, oh, his fucking stories—they're so good. And even when he sobered up, they were just as good, if not better. <laughs> like I did is uh, I did a podcast with him. We used the the Skank Studio. Right. Legion of Skank Studio. Thanks to them for that because it was pretty awesome of them to let me borrow their studio. So we did uh, Artie in there, and Artie was like stone cold sober for like over a year, <laughs> like confident that he's like going to keep it together. He had a guy with him helping him. Yeah. He was on the wall, on yeah, the right. ball. His fucking stories were sharper than ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Sharper than ever. It's like you would think, sometimes you think like if a guy sobers up, because some guys do. They sober up, and then they get boring. Yeah, right. You know, something happens. They lose that wildness. No, he doesn't. He Not he, at all. Yeah, it brings it down to a manageable... Uh... <laughs> you know who else got really better after they got sober is Attell. Attell yeah. was always amazing. He was always yeah. a great, great comic. But yeah. being healthier, because like he has more energy... He just stopped. I remember that. Just stopped. When he stopped drinking. I'm like, really? That was like a whole... Yeah. Well, I think he, you know, you get captured by a thing that you're known for too. Because remember, Insomniac, right. he would get hammered in every town. It was a fucking oh, great. He told show. me it was like impossible to do without people throwing like ice cubes at the <laughs> <laughs> at the production. Like, Did you ever see it? You ever yeah, I love. I mean, I loved it when it came out, and uh, I didn't. But I didn't know about how production, like the logistics of a show revolving around being drunk out at night. <laughs> how, what a nightmare that must be. <laughs> Every fucking bar you go to oh is just my God. with hammered people. You have to be drunk to do it because yeah. if you're sober dealing with that, it's like being waterboarded. <laughs> having this conversation. I'll say anything to make this end. Imagine if you're like a health nut and you're like running every day and eating wheatgrass juice and you have to fucking hold the camera for that show. Oh. Yeah, when I, I remember I didn't drink for like five years, okay? And I, and I remember not like... I was like, I must have been so obnoxious just when I was drunk because I can't stand everybody that was drunk <laughs> around me. You're not yeah. at the same speed anymore, and it right. gets, like, annoying. That's what it is. You're not at the same speed. Yeah. And you think everybody's on your speed when yeah, you're right. drunk. You think, like, you think you're making sense, and everybody's like, oh, my God, Kurt, listen to your voice. <laughs> There's fucking guys. You guys are the best. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. But while it's happening, it's so fun. Yeah, so as long as everybody's on board the same. Yeah. But uh it's very fun while it's happening. But the problem is like the fucking price you pay too. Oof. Whenever I do sober October at the end of the month, I'm like, why would I drink again? I'm like, I feel do you drink so a lot? good. I enjoy alcohol, my friend. I enjoy a glass of whiskey. I enjoy a glass of wine with dinner. You know I, I've been enjoy drinking? I like a margarita. Yeah, those are good. I well, I was like here and there doing I didn't quit because I was like I have a I feel like I have a drinking problem. I was like you know, I had an Oxycontin problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't have a drinking problem. But uh, Ryan Long got me into White Claws. I've been drinking White Claws. Ah, that's People hilarious. try to shame me, too, about it, and I don't give a shit. Ryan Long's a funny dude. <laughs> dude. He's a funny dude. I hung out with him at the uh, Vulcan. Did you? Funny I forgot. Dude. When you brought up Legion's Gangs, did you watch Soder doing Chappelle? And no. Pranking that Fox News producer for uh, Tucker? No. Dude, I, I, it does came, Soda do like a Wicked Chappelle impression? It's a good impression, but I can hear Soda. But it's so hilarious. So, 
I, w- I saw it come up my feed and I, I didn't know what it was. I was like, I don't want to listen to the whole podcast, but Jay called me and told me what the clip is. <laughs> so I guess a producer, <laughs> a producer from Tucker Carlson, because Chappelle, you know, was on yeah. uh, SNL. And right. I don't know why, she, but she's at Gas Digital. So Dave Smith, you have Dave Smith on. Right? I love Dave Smith. So Lewis was up in Dave. He's like, you really should have Dave Smith on because he really talks about this stuff. Oh, you know? yeah. He knows his shit. And, and uh, Lewis kept recommending him to her. And she goes, oh, you have his number? He goes, yeah, he'd love to do it. And she, <laughs> she starts texting Dave Smith, like, it's such an honor. All this, like, a, a little overly. Jesus. Where Dave's like, wow, this girl's really into Dave Smith. So they figure out she thinks he's Dave Chappelle for some reason. How? Well, that was a lot of the mystery was, like, how you would mix that up. <laughs> it turned out Lewis had said something that let her. <laughs> like, they went back and Lewis realized from text that. Oh, no. So he just flubbed a text? He told her, like, Dave is the closest thing I have to a brother about Dave Smith. But she thinks Oh, it's my God. So oh, they, no. Because yeah. you, you, Dave is, like, one of those guys like Eddie. You could say Eddie. You, everybody knows you're saying Eddie Murphy. Yeah, right. Right. You say Dave. Like I say it all the time. She, I say Dave. I, I don't even have to bother saying Dave Chappelle. I don't remember. Well, around Gas Digital, Dave Smith. You say Dave. Yeah. It's probably gonna be Dave Smith. But uh, it's something. Lewis went and checked his text, and that's how he realized <laughs> that. Okay. So then they get Soder. They have, they call Soder to call her up as Chappelle. So it's on mute for the podcast. And uh, I think his his whole thing is he's gonna use. The name Louis Jane Gomez in every sentence that he says to her. Mm, that's I, hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. Is that where his Dave kid- Smith, by the way, is one of the most knowledgeable political guys yeah. I've ever talked to. I just did a thing with him. With, he knows uh, yeah. so much. Yeah. Like, has Jimmy ever had him on? They're trying to now, actually. Oh, that would be a perfect fit. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you're hilarious on Jimmy. It's very <laughs> fun. It's very fun. I'm glad he's got you doing that now. It's such a great move because it yeah. really puts levity to all these crazy fucked up right. stories. It's like, better than in, if I'm in the studio, too. If it, oh, I was yeah. doing it remote, and it's not as good. There's something about being There's a in. lag. Yeah. Well, you don't feel each other's vibe. Yeah, right. That's and a it, real thing. <laughs> I smoke so much more. I mean, I always smoked a lot of weed, but I, so much more now because of being informed. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I enjoy being there. That was one of the few. I think I couldn't watch any more regular like news for like a few years. It's hard. It's hard because, you know, you, you got to run everything through a fucking filter. You know, like, yeah. like, what are you trying to sell me? What's actually going on? Yeah, and why are there so me? many pharmaceutical commercials? <laughs> yeah. And there's no, this, especially like friends of mine that had, you know, I was hooked on Oxycontin. Now, I didn't get tricked How did you get hooked on it? I knew it was heroin when I did it. <laughs> so you did it for fun? I had uh, a legit prescription at one point from Hurt My Back and then- Ah, uh, oh, the old Hurt My Back. Yeah, and I had like a Percocet, right, which still has, uh, I guess, the Tylenol in it. And then they were just around. Like I could get my hands on them, the blue ones. Oh. So I started taking those. So I wasn't one of the people that they said, it's not addictive to. You knew. Yeah, I, by that time, everybody knew it was drugs. So I, I, I don't blame it on, like, the Sackler family tricked me. But they did, you know, remember Breakthrough Pain? Yeah. So the, so that, I guess that's, you have a tolerance to heroin, and you... <laughs> it's, it's called Breakthrough Pain. Yeah, they call it, like, ooh, the pain somehow broke through. You just need a higher and higher dose. Yeah, that breakthrough term is a marketing term. I didn't know that. Like, that's what a breakthrough infection is. That's not a medical, that's a marketing thing. They tricked America into getting hooked on heroin. Can you imagine that? When we when we were kids, okay, like 
in high school, for example, when you heard about like a rock star who did heroin, like when I heard about, I guess it was a little after high school, but uh, Kurt Cobain, I was like, oh yeah. God, he's doing heroin? Doesn't he yeah. know? Like, doesn't he know? <laughs> that was in my high school. I remember thinking that because I didn't do anything. I was a Jehovah's Witness. I didn't drink or do, you know. But like, what was the numbers back then of people who actually did I heroin found out versus later, now? Later, years later, I found out a whole bunch of people on heroin in my high school because Tom's <laughs> River. Remember the pizza connection, all that shit? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like really pure heroin was coming in through mm -hmm. Tom's River. Wow. So High School North was the more, heroin high was like the nickname of it. And that was a little bit richer kids and that was way more of a thing there. But it was at my school too. I was very innocent when it came to drugs because uh, most of my high school years I spent doing martial arts. Yeah. And so and I really didn't party at all. But my boxing coach when I was 20 <laughs> was this guy who was a longshoreman. Oh, and, crack? He did. He smoked crack? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. He didn't do anything. He drank a little bit, oh. but big Irish guy. Okay. And uh, he, great fucking guy. But he worked with a guy that was a heroin addict. And I go, he's a heroin addict. He still has a job. He goes, yep. He goes, every day at lunchtime, he goes to this guy, he gets his bag, he sits in his car, he shoots it up, he sits in his car for an hour, and then he goes back to work. <laughs> I go, no fucking way. Yeah. He goes, yeah, and he's fine. He goes, but he needs it. He's got to get it every day. But if he gets it yeah. every day, he's very functional. I'm like, that's nuts. I'm like, yeah, how many right. guys are like that? But he lot. knew a bunch of people who did heroin. I was like, you know <clears throat> a bunch of people that do heroin? Like, <laughs> yeah. who the fuck's doing heroin? Whereas now, if you hear, oh, my uncle's on pills, like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah, another right. one. It's another one. It's another one. I mean, how many of our friends? It, taking the needle out of it really uh, takes some stigma away, I guess. And Dude, also having it prescribed by a medical doctor. <laughs> Shab had it and people had to take it from him. His friends had to take it from him. What do you mean? Before I knew him well. He uh, he got hooked on pills. Oh, right. He had an uh, oxy problem. He got his, his yeah. nose shattered in one of his big fights. I think it was Mirko Krokop hit him with an elbow in the nose. This guy from Croatia is like one of the most murderous kickboxers of all time. Shab actually knocked him out. It was like Shab's biggest win as a professional. Well, huge, he got elbowed in the process of doing that. Yeah, he got okay. his nose shattered in the process. So he got his nose fixed. I'm pretty sure it was that fight. He got his nose fixed. And then um, in getting his nose fixed, they got him hooked on the pills. Yum. And he was just taking them. Like months after the surgery, he's still taking them. Yeah. And then his buddies pulled him aside. Yeah, tolerance pretty quick. But it's also one you're not supposed to just get off. Right, you're supposed to wean yourself off that shit, right? Well, you won't. It's not like um. Or my, no, actually, that's benzos not, you could die. Benzos, you opiates die. you think you're gonna die, but you're not. It's it's. Uh, Should you wean yourself off? Um, do they I like did. if they medically do it? Like if you went check you yourself get, into a rehab and said, "Hey, I have an oxycontin addiction." Well, I didn't have to do that. They prescribed me suboxone to quit it. Right, and but even, if they, yeah. what I'm saying is, like, if you went like straight. Like you were you were fucked up and you went straight to a rehab center. Yeah. Like would they wean you off of it or would they, they give, you give you they give you suboxone? Yeah. And what is that that stuff? I've heard people it's like talk a film. about that. It's a little orange film and, and uh it but you have to be oh, what's his name? Um I'm blanking on his name. Uh uh <laughs> He took it he uh, who you're friends with him. He's got a beard and he's uh oh psychedelic uh, calm what's his name? I'm I'm totally blanking. Duncan? Duncan. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Beard psychedelic? I like, I'm like, yeah. I was really that, reaching. That's that real weed. That's what that is. Is it indica? That's real shit. No. Go. Thank God. Jesus. I only like productivity weed. Yeah. But he, I don't uh, know if that's real, by the way. Ari told me a story about him where he was somewhere and he was taken, uh, he took some Suboxone after he had done, 
you know, oxy or something, and he mm -hmm. got real sick and didn't know what. So the stuff knocks it out of your system immediately, the naloxone or something when you take it. Huh. So you're supposed to be in withdrawal before you take it. So you have to wait until you're sick. Oh, wow. You know, and when you feel sick, and then you can take it, because if you don't wait, and you still have that stuff in your system, <laughs> it kicks you into withdrawal immediately. Now, is there yeah. a concern with people getting on Suboxone? Because I remember yeah. methadone. Yes. When we were- uh, They'll keep you on it forever, by the way, if you want. Yeah. That was the thing when we were playing pool back in uh, the 90s, that my friend Johnny B used to call these people the methadonians. <laughs> <laughs> they would come in from the methadone clinic. Yeah. And so they would, there would be like a methadone place that was right down the street. And they would go to this methadone place, they'd get their fix, then they'd walk over and come to the pool hall. And yeah, they'd just right. be like slack-jawed, knocking balls around. <laughs> and Johnny called them the methadonians. Yeah. It was so weird. And then they figured out at one point to take Xanax with it, and it almost feels like heroin, apparently. Oh, really? Together? Yeah. There's an HBO documentary about it. Oh, boy. Like a few years back. And it, but like, they said that methadone's terrible for you. Yeah, the, I think that stuff's probably even more. It's probably worse than heroin. <laughs> Is methadone withdrawal bad from that? for you? What, withdrawal from methadone's well, worse? The withdrawal from Suboxone? Yeah. W felt worse than the withdrawal from the uh, Oxy. Really? If I had just cold turkey that, that would have been a less horrible withdrawal. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I was taking. How long were you taking Suboxone for? Mm, I don't know, like maybe almost a year, maybe maybe not even. But I was down, I, dude. I was weaned down to the tiniest bit of it because I was really like. And even the tiniest bit when you got off it completely, you had it horrible. It sucked, withdrawals. dude. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you tapered. Yeah, I tapered. I I didn't like. Now is that similar to methadone? Like, is methadone supposed to be really bad when I've you never, try to get off I've of it? I've never too? taken methadone. I don't know what it's like, but what I. From what I get now, it's mostly Suboxone. I don't know if anybody's still taking methadone, but I'm really very know. ignorant to methadone. What exactly is methadone? It's what I, I just know it is with the thing they used to give right. you before they had Suboxone. They give people when they it were blocks opiate. I forgot Suboxone part of it blocks you. I think methadone is supposed to do it too, but it blocks you from being able to get high if you relapse. Oh, so there's no reason to take more like. Unless you just get off that fucking Suboxone. People get high <laughs> off Suboxone too, but where I didn't get any high off I, I, it. I just didn't feel like sick when I was using it. We had a guy on a long time ago that was, uh, he worked in a rehab center and he said a lot of it was a scam. And he said they would get you hooked on their stuff and their stuff was Suboxone. It does start to feel like that. <laughs> but <laughs> if, if they have you hooked on it and you're not getting high, like what is it doing? Keeping you, well, for like oh, heroin? Like, like say you're not getting high on heroin anymore and Suboxone doesn't function. make you high. So you have to take it to function. That guy to you're get talking about the... that goes on his lunch break, that sounds mm -hmm. like he was doing just what he needed to feel normal. But is this the case with everybody? Because that sounds insane to me that it, you would have to be on something for a full year to get over something that, like, what would it normally be? Like, if you were on those oxys and you quit cold turkey and had horrible withdrawals, how long would you feel like shit for? Well... Be a, a week? A month? That Okay, so that's probably a week or less just the shitty feeling, but... Then you're not going to be right for a couple of months. As far couple as like, months. That's what I've experienced. And like, what was that like when you say weren't right? What do you mean by that? Just like an off. You know, you're burning out. Whatever that. I don't know what that receptor is, but the good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one that makes the heroin. I beat on it quite a bit. <laughs> so it probably. The, you know, benzos is worse, dude. I think that's the one that. That's like, the one can people, kill you. Well, right. not just that, but I think it affects people I know that came off that. It affected them for. A, 
like a crazy amount so of time. So for, for you, it was like cognitive decline, dull no energy, feeling, just energy. no energy, no energy. But well, uh, I wasn't really at, like exercising a lot at that point. Mm. So that's, that's a, lot. a factor. I, I didn't even realize how much. Just if you go exercise, like you, the energy. I didn't realize like how much. Uh, Dude, I say it all the time. Nobody wants to listen because I'm a meathead. It's a real problem. No, there's a deep like there's a deep like anger towards the very idea. Yeah, there's and a I remember deep being resistance like, towards exercise. And I remember feeling not like I'm mad at somebody that does work out, but I remember feeling like I don't remember why, but I remember having that kind of feeling of it's like defensiveness. It's hard to do. That's what it is. When you see something, when someone does something that's hard to do, also, it's, there's, it's connected to negative things, jocks, uh, douchey male behavior, which I've been guilty of. But it's not, that's not all it is. Like exercise, like just non-meathead exercise, like yoga is fantastic for you. Yeah. Well, just for uh, mood stabilizer. I yeah. didn't realize, because the other thing is, especially the whole time I live in New York, I, like, I don't think I was getting sun like... Uh, I think I probably have vitamin D deficiency. Oh, in you a big way. 100% yeah. do. 100%. If you're not supplementing with vitamin D and you live in like the Northeast yeah. and it's the wintertime, you have vitamin D deficiency. Yeah. From it, it, food? I mean, you don't, what the fuck? What kind of, I think you can get vitamin D from some plants, like small amounts of it from some plants. But I think primarily you get it from being in the sun, unless you're supplementing. That's what I did first before I. Was like oh, I'm gonna actually. I, I was in the sun first, and it felt like I got. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it's the, but that's the best way too. That's by far the superior way to get vitamin D. Supplementing is just a um, like a safety measure, <clears throat> but you should supplement vitamin D. It's really important. It's so important for your immune <clears throat> system. Yeah, right. According to Ron and Patrick and a lot of other people that know a lot more than I do about it, they say it's not even really a vitamin. It's a hormone. And uh, yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, you can get it from the sun. <laughs> it's a vitamin, like it. It's pretty crazy, that, but you know, but it is a vitamin in that you could take it in a supplemental form. But it's um, it's so beneficial for your immune system. They, yeah. At one point in time, when they were linking COVID deaths oh, the with thing vitamin that, D, four times higher survival rate if you had vitamin D levels. That were, did you see that? Yeah, it's really high. And then the the number of people that were in the ICU. The number of them, it was very high that were deficient in vitamin D. Yeah, right. It's just good for your immune system. And it fucking, it's a mood stabilizer, too, for those poor people that live in Seattle. Like, they need that, that something to fucking no, the juice mood stabilizer, their mood up. That's the thing that the most I didn't realize how. Exercise. How much it would, like, <laughs> like even out of mood. Changer. Yeah. It's game I, changer. It's not that I didn't. I, the reason I had Oxycontin in the first place. So I hurt my back when I was working out, and then oh, I just really? had, yeah. So it's not like I didn't know. It felt I just didn't do, hadn't done it for a long. The whole pandemic, I didn't do nothing. When you just sit around doing nothing, you feel like shit. It's just normal. It's yeah, just like stir like a, crazy, yeah. It's like oil that's at the bottom of your engine tray, just blunk, sitting there. Yeah. It's not getting cranked over. It's not getting used. You just fucking feel gross, and your body doesn't know what to do. Your body's like, why aren't we doing anything? Like you're just, You have requirements. Your body wants to do things. The problem is it sucks. Like, you're lazy. You get up in the morning. I get it. I get it. I fucking 100% get it. That's the thing. It's like people think that people who do work out don't feel the exact same way they feel before they work out. Because they kind of do. There's most of the time when I work out, I don't want to work out. Oh, really? Just make myself. I get a, like, a compulsive, so I'm, and I'm like how it would be with like a drug or something. I'll, oh, I'll, so you're just looking forward I have to, to not. It. That's how I hurt myself because I got to be like. I don't. I'm not dumb now. How I do it, like I don't do any stupid shit that's gonna injure me because I'm not. <laughs> I'm mm. not going for like glory or something, but I would injure myself because I would like try to go too much or, you know. 
Yeah. So that same addictive personality applies to your exercise too. You get obsessive. Yeah, and then you, you know, it, but I if a couple of, like a few days go by and I didn't do anything, I start to feel like a urge that I have to, you know, mm, I feel yeah. like a yeah, probably a lot of mood too. being held. A lot of my moods are probably being held together by that. Well, I think that's most people. Yeah, I think that's the way the human body functions at its most efficient is when it's in a, a fit condition. I think the mind works better, the hormones work better, the mood works better, the cognitive function works better, all of it works better. The problem is it's just connected to so much douchery. And then it's also hard to do. You know? There so really like, is a, a eternal high school. Yeah. I mean, not just with that, with everything. Where, yeah. where I've never seen it more than now, too, by the way, in, in a, of like a petty, like, it doesn't matter what anybody's saying. It's like, what lunch table do they sit at? <laughs> right, right, and right. Do you want to be at the right table or not? Well, but fucking gyms are weird with that too, right? It's always like flexy dudes. The one I go to is not like that. I mean, it's all I'm it's West Hollywood, so well, you can go to a bad gym though, where like people are like very broed out, and if you're just not into that, you're just like I've never had anybody like screaming. And, I don't I mean negative towards other people that are yeah, working the out there, which I definitely happens, saw. but. But sometimes people chalk up and they get fucking crazy and they push oh. each other. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I've never, I just, now keep in mind, I just go there to get my dick sucked in the bathroom <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> but I go every day. Sometimes which, I don't want it, but I gym do it. You, well, don't, don't say what the gym is. But is it like an upscale gym or is it like a fucking gold gym type situation? It's not like golds. It's, oh, should I not say it? Well, I mean, don't I say like it. Fine. Don't say it. They're going to fucking find you. Oh, that's true. Yeah. They're going to find you and try to suck your dick. That's what they're going <laughs> to <laughs> oh guys, likes. don't come to That's this. That's what he likes. <laughs> no, will you ever have trainers? I just don't want to be like uh, hard sold on a trainer because, I like I go hike by my ass and then I do like wait and I I don't like have anybody even talking to me while I'm doing it. Right. Well, there's something to that, right? It's like a meditative thing. You're just doing your work, but you definitely should talk to somebody that can show you good form. That's one of the most important. Yeah. Things. Right. Well, don't so get injured when I so when I joined because I was I remember what I paid before. I forgot the biggest hassle of it is the the bargaining to not get upsold on all this shit and just get a basic. So I looked up already what like the price should be because you know like can vary it. And then, right. So I showed a dude on the thing and he's like, he had me come over and talk to him on a table and he goes, okay, so what are your fitness goals? <laughs> oh, Jesus, my goal is never to listen to your upsells ever. <laughs> I. Like I'm 46, dude. I'm not. Yeah, I'm but a clown you gotta understand. For, for some people, say yeah. my, you know, I'm an accountant. Um, my wife's been getting on me. I really yeah. should exercise. It's good for my health. Yeah, right. And you decide to join a place that you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get a trainer. That's when you'd sit down with that guy. You would ap appreciate that forethought. Well, that's a that's the kind of thing that uh, is re like. I just don't have a, I know what I want. So if I if right. I say I don't want it, and then you're trying to find a new way in, it's oh, so okay. annoying. So you, you know, told them that you don't want a trainer. You ever do any retail where you have upsell mm -hmm. items? Fortunately, no. Okay, so I used to work. <laughs> I used to manage a, a Funko Land. It was called when I was like 19. Is that like a kids' playhouse? It, it or became GameStop. It was like ah. they merged with Electronics Boutique. But it, so it was like buying and selling video games, right? And you could play them before you bought them. That was like a huge deal at the time. And uh. Every retail has upsell shit, so we had to sell cleaners for like, you know, like the oh, whole air things. You know, people would blow on their Nintendo cartridges to make them work. Uh huh. It, 
That, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the cleaners work for those. I would say if you were buying an old Nintendo, you it, that's the only way it'd probably even work. I remember that for VCRs too, right? Head cleaners. Yeah, people would blow on it, which is like worse. It, it, I, I'm already trying to sell you a cleaner. So, so <laughs> they made them for every system, and then you get some kind of warranty with it, and you would like, it's like 15 bucks, and the, the markup's like 200%. So you get commission, right? And then you have to hit store numbers for the district manager, you know, like you're expected because that's how they can be sure you're providing great service. If you don't sell this many, like 25% sales, we know you're not giving the customers great service because customers need a cleaner. So if you're giving good service, you know, they've bought the cleaner. So it would create like this thing where there's like just fraud in every store because you oh gotta, my God. you know, if you're managing, you know the people that are good at, at this bullshit that you put up out front and some people that are like, you know, the, the non-social uh, nerds, you have them count shit in the back, but there was always some kind of scam going on because it just created that, like, you got to hit these numbers. And, and it, it it was amazing, dude. I, I really, uh, I didn't know that that was, like, how everything works. <laughs> like, <laughs> everything is, like, you got to hit these numbers and everybody just, you know, do well, whatever con job. Well, people need incentive, right? That's like cops. They have they they, they give cops like a, a a certain amount of tickets they have to write every month in some places. Yeah, right. Which yeah, is great. crazy. That's a great system. That what we have. would you do if nobody sped ever? What if like what It'd if nobody fucked. sped? Everybody followed the rules for like one month. What would they do? If they really do have a quota, Dude. and I know cops have told me they have a quota, and right. I know I've read publicly that that's not true. I think it but depends where know. you are, though. I don't, what, it depends what township? On, well, it depends on what's the rule and mm -hmm. what do they actually tell you you have to do. Like, yeah. is that are they the same thing? Like, how does well, that work? Do you know? Uh, Let's find out if that's true. What? Because I know. I mean, maybe they stopped doing that. Do cops have <clears throat> quotas for how many tickets they have to write? Let's find out if that's true. I know cops you, uh, have told me they have it. Yeah, like I, I bet it. you it varies a lot. So uh, if you have like a corrupt sheriff. It's like, listen, these motherfuckers. It's probably not even corrupt. It's like we're gonna get that money. It's like uh, just, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't even come off as corrupt. Even you know what the craziest a, corruption what? one they had? What? The, I, I don't. I think they still do it in some states. Where if you have like ten grand on you, they just take it. Oh yeah, right. So I think if they pull everywhere. you over. Yeah. And you you go to buy a car. Yeah. Right. And you have ten thousand dollars in cash yeah. on you. Fuck you. Give me that. <laughs> and then they spend it. Yeah, right. They they use it for like all these police funds and all these different yeah, things. Right. They, they you know spruce up the station, got ourselves a nice TV, boys. Yeah. And they don't have to give it back for a long time. Like you, they go you have to go to court for it. Yeah, right. There's a to ton prove. of those. Wait, what's it called? There's a term for it. I don't know, we're fine. Seizure. A se uh, asset uh, seizure uh, or asset something? Asset seizure. Yeah. yeah. So like if you're going to buy like a fucking 69 Camaro, you yeah. know, you got 60 grand. Yeah. You're like, why do you have 60 grand? You don't have 60 grand. We have 60 grand. You have a fucking court case. Yeah, that's a lot of money in cash. Yeah, it's suspicious for you to just have that. Yeah, you're not allowed to have that. What are you going to do? It's probably drugs. You're probably drugs. Isn't that Wild. hilarious? Like, if you have so much money, if th that's how lucrative drugs are. <laughs> they assume that yeah. if you have a lot of cash on you, you're selling drugs. They don't think you're selling MAGA hats. <laughs> basically, what I see is that it's not legal to have a ticket quota. Regardless but, of the rumors, ticket quotas are a myth. In fact, okay, they're illegal in most states, but... But I've seen multiple things that say there's, like, uh, unspoken... There's evidence suggests there's an unspoken yeah. thing about it. There's always a way there's around. There's lawsuits about uh, quotas in California from ex 
Uh, mm, it's from ex-police officers. Yeah, so I don't... Because yeah. any job, they're going to judge you by numbers on the board, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, how much did you... Of course. So it's here. quotas have been prohibited in California for 10 years, but police departments are even now facing lawsuits from their own officers alleging that ticket quotas are real. Yeah, there's a law about it in Texas. So maybe it's like a thing where they try, you're like, listen, man, you want to get ahead in this business? I'm sure gotta, it is some, you like... You got to sell the cleaner. Yeah, I think everything is that. Because, yeah. you know, there's always a rule. I always hear that about, um, who was I watching? I was watching, like, uh, uh, it's either FBI or CIA guy, but they're talking about, or I think it was a CIA guy talking about selling Coke to fund the Contra or something like that. Mm. They're like, that's illegal. Like, we're not allowed to do that. And I'm like, right. you know, the mafia, it was illegal to sell. You, it's a death penalty if you were caught selling drugs, and yet somehow oh. <laughs> they still <laughs> sold a lot of fucking drugs. A lot of fucking drugs. Very strict penalties, probably more strict than even uh, uh, agencies. Yeah, they, everybody outsources. It's always outsourcing. That's the the every. Yeah, we don't do uh, what, uh, what do you call it? Gain of function. Like we paid a guy to pay a guy to do it. Yeah, we don't do I'm it. I'm not guilty of that. We don't fund gain of function. We yeah. fund the lab. Yeah. So it, there's always a way around. <laughs> Everything's. Remember when they did the. Uh, when they got the torture program and they went to did you or, yeah uh, sorry go ahead but that was like bringing jobs back to america kind of in a way because you just like send somebody to a country that does do that and then in uh well you know uh, the second iraq war when they made it like legal that was what was so creepy about that was to make it like now we can do it Ooh. um do you remember michael rupert no michael rupert was a friend of mine he's a really nice guy he's like one of the first guys to gift me mushrooms like okay. just randomly as a gift he was a cop who busted the cia selling crack in south central and using it to fund the war oh the well, i know you're talking the, about yeah and he called it out in a courtroom yeah i saw television. that it's a, i saw yeah. a video of it yeah. yeah that's michael rupert wait is he alive still no oh yeah i was gonna say no he he wasn't, I, I don't think it's even suspicious. I think he took his own life. I think he was very depressed. Yeah, I bet. I think, I think he, he was living alone in like a, like a trailer uh, on a farm somewhere. And he just, you know, he also was the subject of that movie Collapse. You ever see that movie? No. It's a wild movie. And I don't know what the original premise was, but he sits down and he smoke cigarettes through this entire film it's just yeah. a guy talking yeah and talking oh. about the imminent collapse of civilization i know due to our i know you're talking about on yeah. fossil fuels and just wild shit i don't know how much of it was accurate but i know it scared the fuck out of a lot of people and it was like a really popular documentary I remember. It's worth it. watching i yeah. mean someone would have to understand have a, a knowledge of what he's saying whether or not it's accurate but yeah. uh he, for sure, this is the film. Here, play a trailer. Experience as an investigative journalist, I've broken major scandals. Going out to try and map how the world really worked as opposed to the way we were told it worked. Our map has proven deadly accurate. My economic predictions, oh, we had it so right. In 2006, we said, get out of debt right now. Check your mortgage carefully. We issued a whole series of warnings. There will be nothing like we have ever seen before. Everything that we said was going to happen is taking place right now. 
Gold prices, Pakistan, Afghanistan, the stock market. It's not that Bertie Madoff was a pyramid scheme. The whole economy is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> well, that sounds right. Well, of course I've <laughs> been called a conspiracy theorist. But I don't deal in conspiracy theory, I deal in conspiracy fact. The mortal blow to human industrialized civilization will happen when oil prices spike and nobody can afford to buy that oil and everything will just shut down. Unlike the Great Depression, we do not have infinite resources. Nothing grows forever. There is a cycle, birth, growth, maturation, decline and death. Cars don't run, the mail stops getting delivered, planes don't fly, law enforcement stops working. This is all part of the collapse. If you're in a camp and a bear attacks, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You only have to be faster than the slowest camper. The challenge being faced by the human race now is either evolve or perish, grow up or die. You have to believe, not hope, not pray, that there's a way out of it, and you're going to find it. He was one of the first guests, well, you know, back when we were doing guests, first guest that I was very excited to talk to, because, you know, as a- When was this? That was a while came back, out. man. Because- this is, Let's play this, because this is him no, I, on okay. C-SPAN. Play Did this. Did you notice Variety and all the comments about how great this yeah. movie is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that- Imagine right, today. Today, they'd be like, this is- an yeah. insane it's colonizer talk and yeah like <laughs> that's the creepiest thing is how much they would have loved that message yeah. then and now while this while it eerily sounds accurate it's like no this is crazy talk it's propaganda yeah emphatically and can you speak further into the mic sir these mics don't seem to be I, I will tell you, Director Deutsch, as a former Los Angeles police narcotics detective, that the agency has dealt drugs throughout this country for a long time. This is on C-SPAN in 96. It's still there. That's what I'm playing it from. <laughs> All right. All right. I I All right, obviously that is an answer for a lot of you. Now can you please? I refer. All right, now can you please? I refer direct. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute. If you don't like what's going on here, please leave now. No, 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 leave, no, 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 leave now because there are others who do want to hear what's going on in this room. Will you please take your seats? I will come back to you as we roll back across to the center section. Director Deutsch, I will refer you to three specific agency operations known as Amadeus, Pegasus, and Watchtower. I have Watchtower documents heavily redacted by the agency. I was personally exposed to CIA operations and recruited by CIA personnel who attempted to recruit me in the late 70s to become involved in protecting agency drug operations in this country. I have been trying to get this out for 18 years, and I have the evidence. My question for you is very specific, sir. If in the course of the IG's investigations and Fred Hitz's work, you come across evidence of severely criminal activity Let him speak and it's mic. classified, will you use that classification to hide the criminal activity or will you tell the American people the truth? Woo! 
want to hear the response first from Congressman Julian Dixon and then from the director. Wait, wait a minute. From your, from your, I'm sorry, sir. I will allow the director to speak first. And Shout out to that lady for taking answer. control, by I the mean, way, like a boss. If you Listen have to this. information about CIA illegal activity in drugs, you should immediately bring that information to wherever you want, but let me suggest three places. The Los Angeles Police Department. <laughs> 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 this guy's like some, something from Colombo. <laughs> I am sorry, others want to hear this answer. It, it, it is your choice, the Los Angeles Police Department, the Inspector General, or uh, Office of one of your Congress uh, persons from this. Shout out for it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, sir. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, sir. And, sir, you have not gotten the mic yet. You are not. But wait a minute, then don't speak out of turn. Let me say something else. If this information turns up wrongdoing, if it turns up wrongdoing, we will bring the people to justice and make them accountable. All right, Congressman Dixon. Thank you, uh, thank you, sir, for coming. Wait, 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 wait a minute here. I thought you did not want to be here, but now that you are here, please let us hear and listen. Thank you very much. Uh, sir, I, I want to thank you for coming. You were at the last meeting. Uh, the staff probably had the spelling of your name wrong, but we... We would like to talk to you. We have been looking for a couple of days for you. And, and we want to... We, we want to make sure that you contact the committee because obviously you have some valuable information. If you want to give it to me privately, if you want to hand it to that aide where I can contact you this evening, please do it. Don't let us get away without getting a contact for you. If Thank you, you sir. Pass it up to him now, so everyone can see that I got it. That would be fine. Thank you, sir. And for the record, for the record, please, please keep the noise down so that we can hear and we can get answers. For the record, my name is Mike Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T. I did bring this information out 18 years ago, and I got shot at and forced out of LAPD because of it. I've been on the record for 18 years nonstop, and I'll be happy to give you, Congressman, anything that I have. Thank you, Mr. Rupert. Now, if you were cynical, yeah. and you're watching that, you're like, I think the CIA faked a CIA guy. Do you think they did? To go in there. I mean, if you were playing 4D chess. No, I don't think I so. I think, like, I nowadays. Think that's the, really who he is. I mean, I know the guy. Uh, yeah, I was, because nowadays, but, that, the I, I forget the woman's name, the, what was she, a, uh, what was her? Was she a congressperson? That they said it in the uh, description. 
Because I would, she, I imagine she would be having him taken out of there so he can't say anything. Like today, that, that's crazy. She's like, hey, let him talk. Like, well, back then there was no internet. You got to realize, like, if someone yeah. actually had information like that and people suspected it all along, obviously those people weren't shocked. Yeah, right. Right. Those people in the audience are like, what? No way. They're right. selling. They were like, I fucking knew it. Yeah. Right. Everyone was like, I fucking knew it. That, that's yeah. what they were yelling out. Did you ever talk to Rick Ross? The yes. Real dude? Yes. The yeah. real Rick Ross. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That guy's he was, very interesting. He was very interesting. He's the guy who was in charge of selling the drugs in South yeah. Central that was funding the Contras versus the Sandinistas. I, I mean, it's just such... But anyway, you just you outsource that, and then you have deniability yes. or whatever. That's how that works. That's how it works, and you can make so much money. Or what would you rather do? Let all these other people make money doing it? These bad people? Yeah, somebody's got to make We have to sell that. the drugs. If the CIA yeah. doesn't sell the drugs, who's going to sell the drugs? Criminals. And also for a good cause. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if that's how they've been like funding things forever. Well, the, Imagine if you found out that that's how they fund the UFO program. Well, that, you know, you know what I wonder about that because that Bob Lazar episode was very creepy when I when I uh, I watched the thing. Yeah. You know, but to him talking about it, it was yeah. eerie to hear him talk about it. It was very confusing because what he's saying is so out there. You yeah. don't know. I'm like, am I a f I'm definitely a fool. But am I being a fool here? Yeah, no, that, that's the little eerie part of it. But then I was, who would control, like, um, do you think the president gets to find out about it? Or do you think it's purely? Supposedly Nixon knew. And Nixon took Jackie Gleason. Yeah, that, I know. That. <laughs> that's and Jackie Gleason built a house out of the shape of the UFO that he saw, like, to represent the UFO that he saw. And, like, the Jackie Gleason house was for sale just a few years ago. Mm. It's in, like, what is it in, like, upstate New York? I found out about this from this dude who gave me uh, the book Best Evidence by David Lifton. He was, like, a, a guitarist in a band. That's it. That's the UFO-inspired upstate New York house. Look at this huh? fucking house. So, Wait, that's not that big a house. Well, it, it wasn't that big a house because he wanted to make it, like, the fucking UFO. So what it was was oh, um, I see. I think, see, I think it's multiple properties. Oh, oh I, see. I see. So he just but started making UFO, like UFO houses. He apparently this is the, the <clears throat> rumor. What the rumor was was that Jackie Gleason got drunk with uh, Nixon, mm -hmm. and Nixon's like, "You want to see a fucking flying saucer?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yes." And then they flew to Wright Patterson Air Force Base. I believe right. was the rumor, and they showed him like we have actually like they had freezers of of them, right? They had them I don't freezers. know if that's real. Uh, I've never heard anybody say that they saw a body and have it be like a hundred percent credible. Mm. Other than maybe that Travis Walton guy who claims to have been abducted in the nineteen seventies, he's yeah. in a, another one of those guys. Like, whoa, if he's telling the truth. Okay, there are a number of labs we passed through before entered a section. Nixon pointed out what he said was the wreckage of a flying saucer yeah. enclosed in several large cases. Next, we went to an inner chamber. There were six or eight what looked like glass-topped Coke freezers. Inside them were the mangled remains of what I took to be children. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the thing I remember from this story. So I, I'm, I'm conflating this with something else. So that's right. They did have fucking supposedly dead frozen ones. The revelation of the U.S. secretary holding the corpses of dead aliens shook Gleason to the core, and he couldn't eat or sleep for weeks. After being confronted by his wife, Beverly, Gleason told her the truth about that night and swore her to secrecy, but Jackie and Beverly Gleason were already in the process of separating. 
The final straw in the relationship would be Beverly breaking her vow and revealing the encounter to the magazine Esquire in 1974 as a teaser for a book she was writing about her relationship mm-hmm. with the tempestuous, hard-drinking Jackie. Oh, the wife sold him down the I river. I wonder what that article... So that article was this where this story first came out? Yeah, I guess so. And stung and humiliated by the betrayal, Jackie stayed silent until 1986. Finally ready to talk, he invited Larry Warren, a flying saucer evangelist, author, and eyewitness to the Randall Sam... Oops. Fucking pop-ups. No, I don't want your pop-up. No, thanks. Thank you. Where were we? Uh, 86. Um, Eyewitness to the Randall Sam Forest UFO incident to his New York home. After a few drinks, Gleason unloaded the whole unbelievable tale to an astonished Warren who spread the story amongst his community. However, the story would end there. Gleason died a year later, having only told his ex-wife and Warren about the once-in-a-lifetime adventure with Nixon. The tale would spread like wildfire with the advent of the internet confirming what UFO believers already knew. The government knows everything about aliens, but reveal it only to the privileged few. Huh. Okay, of course, because uh, this... Because this is the blog of Skeptoid and not believe everything. Oh, this is Skeptoid that wrote this. Uh, You read on the internoid. The story doesn't end there. In fact, there really is no story. The Richard Nixon, Jackie Gleason, Dead Alien Chronicle in a glass case tale now accepted part of UFO internet lore is based almost entirely on hearsay, coincidence, or an imagination and not just the dead alien children in the glass case part. Wait a minute. Why do they say that? Uh, Wait, was the Esquire magazine? What is their reasoning for saying that it's not true? They're saying it's anecdotal, which is obviously it's anecdotal. Scroll up a little bit more. Yeah. So it says, as critical thinkers, we can't dismiss a story out of hand because it's preposterous, but we can dismiss a story if the facts don't fit together. Aha. So let's start with the established facts. Richard Nixon, Jackie Gleason, Beverly Gleason, and Larry Warren were all real people. Beverly and Jackie Gleason were really married, got divorced in 74, 75. Jackie and Richard Nixon are friends and played golf on a few occasions. Jackie was an enthusiast about paranormal topics with a huge collection of books on the subjects. Uh, Florida is a real place. Homestead Air Force Base. Esquire is a real magazine. That's about it. A little investigation into Nixon's daily diary uh, reveals that Nixon was in Key Biscayne in February 1973 for a meeting with the AFL-CIO. He spent less than 40 minutes speaking and glad-handing with guests at Gleason's annual golf tournament at the uh, Inverie Inverie Golf and Country Club, which... Uh, At most 10 minutes available to chat with Gleason about UFOs. Nothing else in Nixon's diary indicates that the president did or didn't slip his Secret Service detail and go on an alien adventure with Ralph Cramden. But that doesn't mean he didn't do it. That just means he didn't write about it in his diary. Why would he write about that in his diary? Uh, Where the story really starts to fall apart is Beverly Gleason's interview with Esquire because it doesn't appear to exist. Interesting. Yeah, that's the search of both Esquire's archives and internet in general turned up nothing. Hmm. What did turn up, however, was an article supposedly written by Beverly from the National Enquirer, dated August sixteenth, nineteen eighty-three. Discerning readers will note that the Esquire and the Enquirer have different thresholds for veracity and adjust their expectations accordingly. That's a very good sentence, right there. Yeah. Very well, (laughs) well worded. Yeah. Uh, So it seems like there was no Esquire article. So that's bullshit. 
Yeah, the Inquirer back then, yeah. I remember being closer to Weekly World News than because Inquirer became like celebrity gossip entirely, right? When I was yeah. a kid, I remember it having wilder stuff in it. Okay, in short, the piece makes Jackie look like a lunatic, befitting a spurned wife writing a tell-all about her famous ex-husband, but the book wouldn't show Jack as he's never been seen before to anyone because Beverly never published it. The Gleason UFO story got picked up by a few other tabloids, but mostly faded into obscurity. So here's the thing, though. Um, you could for sure imagine that his ex-wife wanted to sell a book. Yeah. You could also for sure imagine that Jackie would try to stop that book from being sold. Yeah, right. So there's the there's that. Like maybe he bought her out. Maybe, you know, like how yeah. do we know that she didn't actually write a book? Now, that's also because Nixon didn't write about it in his diary. That doesn't, if, if Nixon's the fucking kind of guy who likes to get drunk and take people <laughs> to see UFOs, he's not going to be meticulous about every fucking thing yeah. he does all day long. And you don't think that they could hide that? I like that back then he was only like really open about recording his racist rants and not. <laughs> and not but yeah. dude, back then, the fucking Lyndon Johnson used to take a shit in yeah. front of the reporters with the door open. So he could see how big his dick was? Well, he was just, like, he didn't give a fuck. And, like, he would have a conversation with yeah. a conversation like a with power move. But I gotta take a shit. Yeah. So he would sit there with his fucking pants down and take a shit in front of them. Yeah. A guy like that, <laughs> whatever his fucking diary says, that's probably not all that happened. There's <laughs> probably a fucking UFO in that diary do somewhere. Think, do you think LBJ would record that he took a shit in front of reporters? Yeah, well, <laughs> took a shit in front of reporters, just let them know how big my cock is. That was supposedly was, he had a thing with that, because he had like a huge, and he would try to sure. like, like, for, uh, I can't Rodney remember. Had, Rodney had a giant dick too. Dangerfield? And yeah, and he used to do uh, shows with a bathrobe on. Just only a bathrobe. Really? Naked under a bathrobe. It would go out in front of the fucking. I saw him live. Well, how, like do you, that. how do you get the word out? When I was a, uh, I was a body. What was I? A security guard um, at Great Wood Center for the Performing Arts when I was nineteen, <laughs> and uh, I was backstage, and and uh, he was working there. And I couldn't believe I could actually see him. I was. I would look down the corridor, and yeah. I saw. I couldn't believe it. It's Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. It's really Rodney Dangerfield. It was one of those things as a kid. You're like, fuck, he's right there. Yeah. Like as a 19 year old, I'm like that doesn't even make sense. I saw yeah. Bill Cosby there. Oh, they're gonna tell me you saw his dick. I, I was... No, no, no. I didn't see his dick, but he was wearing a fucking bathrobe. So this was during the bathrobe days. There's a, a part in uh, Rodney Dangerfield's career when he had just made it and didn't give a fuck, and he was still partying. Was this hard. after go back to school? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. It was after the big movies, and yeah. he would do stand up and just go out there with the fucking bathrobe on. And this was also like when he was putting together the Rodney Dangerfield stand up specials, yeah, right. which were the most important stand up specials Yum. ever. They introduced the world of Bill Hicks, Dice yep. Clay, Sam Kinison, Dom Herrera, uh, Lenny Clark. Oh, Who yeah, else? Right. Wasn't Jerry Seinfeld on those two? I think so. I think so. I'm not sure. Seinfeld might have already been. I think he was already really popular by then. But you 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 look back on the the Dangerfield ones. Like if you got on that Dangerfield special, that was a fucking stamp of approval. Yeah. Like holy shit, you're on the Dangerfield special. When, that was what, a big was deal. What was the 80s? Those are like 86 ish. Because I think Kinison really popped in 86. And so yeah. uh, it was around that time because I remember he was he, he was fucking murdered on that special, Hicks killed on us, Dice murdered on that special. Yeah, right. Those those specials, there was a couple of them. They were so big because were HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Rodney Dangerfield's Young Comedian Special, and you knew that like if those guys came to the fucking Catch a Rising Star yeah. or the Improv, you had to go see them. 
Yep. You know, that's how I found out about so many comedians that became some of my favorites. That in the fucking Tonight Show. People forget the Tonight Show used to be how you found out about a good comic. Wait, did I tell you Keyboard Jeff from Comedy Store? You know, Jeff that passed away? Yeah. The sto- he told me a story. I think this has, like, been verified on a podcast. But uh, the Richard Pryor Jr. They were doing Kogan, Richard Pryor Jr. Fuck Sam Kinison up the ass. Because Sam Kinison said, I got to know what it's like to be fucked by Richard Pryor Jr. And then he did. And I think Richard Pryor Jr. has told this on a podcast. Mm, I would imagine that's possible. Yeah, I mean. Sure. That's a wild. You're doing coke? People get crazy. And you surpass the comedy legacy of your father? <laughs> it did his asshole. How Imagine do you top... thinking you can get it through DNA. Yeah. Imagine if it was that easy. You, like talented sperm would be so valuable. Uh, like Richard Pryor like Jr. Horse slept sperm, with Sam Kinison. Oh my God. Yeah. Laugh at first sight. So this is someone telling the story. other links for that so. well there you have it folks yeah. we've proven that much more than we've proven the jackie gleason ufo thing if only we had that kind of <laughs> <laughs> that kind of anecdotal evidence <laughs> that actually ends with it saying it could be true that that whole skeptical the jackie thing. gleason yeah, thing it says there's four possible answers for this and one okay for was that it could be true yeah that is a possibility elvis was a dea agent after meeting with nixon but this you see this is the thing after we we talked we were talking about uh bob lazar and after i've talked to him and then i've, I've seen all these all the interviews that he's done i've talked to the detractors and i've listened to their their take on things i think he worked there man i think for yeah. sure he worked there. Whether or not he worked there on something that actually came from another planet, that's where it gets weird. P- people who worked there for sure remember him. They've, they've, t- they've told people they remember him. Like they've, he's, He knows his way around the buildings. Even Los Alamos Lab, he knows his way around the buildings. Yeah, right. Like He knows, he knows how to so navigate who would know, the place. Like who would know about That's the thing I always wonder is like with the... Okay, Nixon, I guess. <laughs> they knew. said he never worked at Los Alamos, but he was on the fucking the the employee register from like from that year. If you can go there, you can find it. So they yeah. lied. Yeah, that well, that makes it suspicious. When like, why do you need to lie about a guy who Dude, is making it up? I think he they he thought they were going to take him out, so he spilled the beans as hard as he could spill the beans. It, it really is because uh, that you know that guy we just watched on C-SPAN. You, you don't have to come kill you. It could come just make you. Make you look nuts. Yeah, and if you just learn about things, it, it's awful. Like, I started smoking more weed while I was watching that C-SPAN thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it really is a horrible. It's terrifying. Learning is, I don't recommend it. I know. That's the thing. You're working with Jimmy Dore now, and because you're working with Jimmy Dore, Jimmy's constantly exposing insane corruption that no one's talking about. Constantly. And it, constantly calling people out. It's all shit that I wouldn't know about because nobody uh, talks about it right. ever. It's, you don't th- hear about it. It really is, and it's stuff that, it's the regular, the weird thing I was telling Jamie is it'll be, we'll report on something, and then I'll notice the other news, the news uh, YouTube and elsewhere, reporting on it later, like four months later, they're talking yeah. about it. Like an embargo's been lifted when you're allowed to review the, the it, it's yeah, really, well, things get to a point where they're so prevalent in the news that you kind of have to address them now. There's a thing where if you want to have access to to the people, you're going to have to be like doing part PR for them. Yeah, or you're out yes. of the club. So all these people that he's had on, this is why I like about him is all these people he's had on. 
if they don't do the thing they said, he brings it up. He doesn't politely, yeah, you know, he doesn't do any of that team shit where you're supposed to like. No, I know this is a lie, but we have to go with it because the the bad people could win. Like they all do that. Yeah, and that's not journalism. It's you can't get it from those forms anymore because they're they're holding water for so many different entities. Yeah, it's, it's so hard for them to just spit facts. And I think the way you two guys do it together is so refreshing because it's like true. Like you go over facts and details and then you're constantly cracking jokes. It's like yeah, well, there's I'm levity not, I, to it. I'm kind of just like, well, I'm doing like just watching it, laughing. It's, yeah. I mean, it creates an effect, I think, to have a laughy guy. Well, it's also <laughs> it's a perfect your, – your type of joke writing is right. like perfect – for that kind of shit. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it syncs up with you. You're a quick. Well, if I give him, if I give him stuff, because uh, I like to have more time to for my first angry thoughts to at least try to marinate into clevers because they don't come out. Right. But he's right, good right. at delivering like angry and funny at the same time. Yeah, he's very yeah. good at delivering that. So it yeah. works like it, it's a good rather than like tweeting. Right. That's the worst way to do it. Yeah, it's probably the worst way to do it. It's just, that. all context is lost. Everything's lost. Like and It's also like an, inform, you know, when they talk about people want to take your information, I didn't really understand. It doesn't just mean like a corporation. It means just all kinds of people looking to see if they can find something that they could like make a name for talking about that you tweeted. Oh, yeah, for sure. So there's always also that. And yeah, well, that's a, a whole ecosystem now, calling people out for things. It's, yeah, an, eco, it's, it's an ecosystem. There's, there's a whole business being destroyed that. right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, but there's people that that's all they do. Like all that you want some more of this? Yeah. That's all they do is call people out. That's like the, that's their only contribution. Well, well, you know, which is great. If I you're can't a, believe a, how much that became the real news. Yeah. Because they don't pay for they want to pay to do you know journalism, so they just all the people that just got their start doing that moved up through the ranks into real news. Yeah. Bizarre. And then it functions like real news. That's how real news functions. And also, you know, when the rise of these independent things like Jimmy Show and uh, Crystal and Kyle and Sager, you know, these people who are trustworthy, like you could you could count on them to give you information. They have opinions and perspective and they might have their own biases, but they're not liars. And they don't own, they're not owned by- well, a lot of them. A lot of them do get money. For, you'd be surprised. It's been very surprising who gets money from what since I've been. Uh, at I don't Jimmy's think any thing. of those guys do. The guys that I just mentioned. Well, Jimmy doesn't. All the Ukraine stuff, especially. Here's what's really really creepy to me. Is they all? It's all like slow to mention how fucked up the Ukraine situation is. And the the other really eerie thing is. I remember this before I did anything with Jimmy's show, like in 2018, they were constantly reporting on like, Ukraine's got a Nazi problem. That was a huge, <laughs> on all the major things they would say. And corruption, deep, deep corruption. Yeah, and so now, if you look at New York Times, we, he showed it, the celebrated Azov Battalion. They've even dropped saying the Nazi part. Wow. Did you see the thing of Jon no. Stewart hanging the medal on the Nazi's neck at Disney World with a Mickey Mouse behind him? No. What? Yeah, that's one of the ones we did. The guy covered it up. Though. Oh, it was we cool. talking about sketch? No. What do you mean? In real life. Hold on. Explain that. What did you? It was for. A, it was like the Warrior Games at Disney World, and a hero, an Azov <laughs> hero, won like best best guy on the team. I don't know how there's time to go to Disney World, but John Stewart hangs a medal on his neck, and he's got a red in the photo. He's got a red thing covering it up. It's one of those black sun, you know, the Himmler 
I think it's like the occult thing, right? He's got that on his elbow. What? So yeah, that's a very. Oh, there he is in the. Yeah, okay, that's the guy. But look at the picture of the guy in the hospital. With <laughs> he's a sweet, sweet make a wish kid with a black son. Is that real? Yeah. The thing is creepy is this is this all the regular news reported this up until abruptly now it doesn't come up. Which I can understand if like we were at war. Right? So he had something covering up his arm? Yeah, so he's got a thing covering it up because So he had a thing to cover up his tattoo. Yeah, but Wow. I mean, holy shit. Walt Disney's dream coming true. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Is that wild? Well, did you ever see the thing that happened with Candace Owens? No. Where Candace Owens was talking about how corrupt the New York Times is. So the New York Times tried to play gotcha with her. Oh, really? And they said, uh, what, you know, what are you referring to? Like, what references? And she goes, your own fucking newspaper. And she sent them all these links from, oh, like, 2017 yeah. from the New York Times talking about yeah, how right. corrupt Ukraine is. Dude, it, it, there's like a... When, when a narrative shifts like that, and you don't say, what Russia is doing is absolutely horrific. Yeah, right. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. But... This is a place that is also like those people don't deserve that the people that are citizens there They don't deserve bombing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like the government has always been criticized there Yeah, and now it's not no now it's uh, It's uh, this is my favorite. I've heard this line three times like yeah, it's corrupt, but they're trying I've heard that over and over again. They don't deserve to be attacked like I think there's a lot of parts Yeah, there shouldn't be a, a None of this should be None happening. None of this should be happening. There's some kind of proxy thing here. It's very weird that we spent more on this than Russia spent doing the invasion. We now surpassed what Russia has spent. But what about this FTX thing? Oh, yeah, well... That's where it gets crazy. Which I love is, oh, they're all reporting on, like, how could this happen? Like, you know, he would play League of Legends while he's on the phone <laughs> doing a $20 million deal. And, uh, the, and then... Who was it? Goldman Sachs? Somebody's like, I love this kid. They all think it's great. They're like, how yeah. could they think it's great? Because he's a rich kid with connected parents. It's not if he was just some jerk off off the street who looked like that. Right. They wouldn't be like, oh, this is great. Well, his mom was a big uh, Democratic Party uh, operative, right? Wasn't she something along? Yeah. Those lines? Also, MIT. The guy at the SEC that he would talk to was an MIT Hold professor. On. Go back, Jamie. What did, what did you just show me? I was trying to find the actual thing, and that wasn't it. But this is what he was talking about. Crypto's biggest crash saw a guy playing League of Legends while luring investors. So while he's looking for, he was playing this fucking game while yeah. he was talking to the investors. If yeah. you just pay a bunch of money to the media, just which is what he did, they'll just write things about how great you are. How, That's the other thing. He, he was donated. a jerk off. Yeah. They'll write your, because there's only two kinds of stories. My friend, he used to work with, she told me it's either puff, uh, 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 outrage. It's like puff pieces or hit pieces. That's all they do. Because that's with a, that's how you get people to look at it and whatever. That's and so all you they can, can do. bribe these companies to do puff pieces. That's what he did. Isn't that wild? The guy from uh, Shark Tank that they asked him, he's like, I'd work with him again. The guy well, I that, think he was actually one of the guys that got paid, too. Of course. I think he's one of the spokespeople, wasn't he? Yeah. He Kevin O'Leary? He had to give some fun disclosures on that video where he's like, before we get started on this, let me tell you that all my business accounts are involved in FTX and I've invested Dude, there's in a it. video oh, of him goodness. on Shark Tank tearing apart some guy who brought a Ponzi scheme to him. Oh, no. In fact, where did I say? I think it's CoffeeZilla. Maybe he believed in this kid. Yeah, but he does. It's just if you know the right people and you're that his brother works with like a gap or something 
a guard against pandemics. Every single thing that you would see. <laughs> Did you see what the young lady said? She posted it on Twitter about her regular amphetamine use. Oh, the chick? Making people see, make life, what does she say? I didn't Makes um, real life seem silly. Uh, yeah. see, see, see if you can find out what her post was. But she was talking on Twitter about how uh, consuming amphetamines on a regular basis. Yeah. Here yeah. it is. Made non-medicated life seem dumb. Oh, no shit. <laughs> It was. Do you see the obvious? The <laughs> obvious things they're saying. Look, what a fucking look. Nothing like regular amphetamine used to make you appreciate how dumb a lot of normal, non-medicated human experiences. That is a hilarious thing to say from someone who, had, in April fifth of twenty twenty one, is responsible for how much money? <laughs> Dude, the, the, it, but you know what's crazy? They're all whacked out on <gasps> on legal prescription drugs. Yeah, yeah, they're whacked out on. There's another thing that he was taking in a transdermal patch. Mm. He was taking mm -hmm. schlegeline or something like that. I just watched that dude. He's like a weightlifter guy. More dates, yeah. And more plates, was, more dates. Derek, boy, that guy knows all the. Oh chemical. my god, was he like a chemical engineer? No man, he's just fucking super smart and reads research. I know it's so funny. People, are like, I thought he was a chemist. Everybody I ever knew that was some kind of fitness freak knew a lot of shit about. They weren't like stupid people that shouldn't do research. They were way ahead of yeah. everyone else I knew. Cause you know how like. Uh, Weightlifting supplements. Oh, yeah, man. Listen, like... <laughs> I know a lot of people that know a lot of shit about like when you should eat for the maximum amount of absorption of the protein. What yeah, fucking, right. How many grams per pound of body weight you right. have to take. And... That kid with that fledgling, yeah. that's amazing. A kid that out of shape is like weightlifter knowledge of nootropics. <laughs> a a bodybuilder guy. Yeah. That's his body. His body is his mind. His body's just carrying his mind around. What are the effects he said it does where it makes you. Uh, like enjoy doing like boring work or something. I think yeah, I think it was something along those lines. Let's but, find find Derek's vi video on it because Derek describes it. But the sledgling one, he had like a nicotine patch. It was like a patch. Yeah, so it's just like getting that slow drip of whatever the fuck that that's sledgling stuff. That is stuff all stays day. in you for a while. Those kind of things stay. Those ones where it stays for a while, you can't just go off it. Right, it's transdermal. Yeah, uh, yeah, not not the so patch. Is, the chem yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a twenty minute video. I don't know just, what the part would be. Maybe. Just start it, f yeah, right there. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. Yeah. I'm Sam. Play this. Okay, so he's going to go. He has his medical disclaimer. He's smart about the way he handles stuff. What's up, guys? Derek, morepleats18.com. Today we're talking about Sam Bankman-Fried and his nootropic use, his drug use, his cognitive-enhancing, dopaminergic-enhancing drugs that he's using to stay uh, cognitively, cognitively fucking dialed, dude, um, for being the hyper-productive entrepreneur that he is, bro. So <laughs> if you haven't seen, this I'm sure you've probably seen if you're clicking this, the FTX debacle. He's all in the news um, and has been for a minute now. Crypto fears, contagion as billions owed to creditors. Sam Bankman-Fried becomes an ESG truth teller. FTX fires three of Sam Bankman-Fried's top deputies. Celebs like Tom Brady, Larry David did ads for crypto giant FTX. Now they're getting sued. Sam Bankman-Fried says, fuck regulators. Musk's Twitter ultimatum and making TikToks instead of ads. This is Matt Levine on the collapse of Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX and Alameda. So apparently this guy went from a billionaire to nothing essentially overnight from this complete disaster of a situation. If you want some insight onto exactly what happened, check out CoffeeZilla, high quality information on a regular basis in a highly entertaining format. Highly recommend his channel for anything crypto scam related, oh, essentially, or nice. anything financial. You know who has a good thing on FTX that oh. is not making any conclusions to? Uh, this guy, Upper Echelon Games. I watch a really good, mm. 
it's actually like great. I can't remember what it is, but it's about FTX when it fell and he just doesn't claim anything. He just shows mm. like it's uh, it's worth watching. That other guy, uh, the guy who was the head dog at Google, was it Google or Facebook? Chamath? Where was he from? Is he from Google, right? At the venture capital fund. I don't know. He probably used but to work there. Wasn't he like the, the top guy of Google? Exactly. Anyway, he's a billionaire and he really understands it. And he actually oh, reached out to them, yeah. contacted them, and said, you know, you, you should form a board. And they told him to go fuck himself. That's literally what they said to was him. He like, go I love fuck this yourself. kid. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he's a fucking billionaire financial guy who actually understands how yeah. money works. And he said, like, this is what you guys got to do. Oh, like, they, you got, and they're like, go fuck yourself. Do you think the new tropics were making them arrogant? <laughs> <laughs> they're on speed all day, man. These guys are jacked up on speed and they're all making fucking. billions. And you they're know, fucking each other. All of them. All just, nine of them. In a house in the Bahamas just smells just, like nerd fucking. Just nerd fucking. Just taking Mountain Dew and sledgling, using a trackball. <laughs> These tweets on the side of this are crazy. That's probably what he's talking about. What's he saying? Uh, it says, like, M. Sam has fatal side effects when eating with meat products. Yeah. Oh, so is that why he's a vegan? gambling and hypersexuality. Yeah, it's that fearlessness. Pathological gambling and hypersexuality. Yeah, have yeah. you heard of this before? On other, I've heard of this with other drugs. Well, one of them, gambling? re-equip. You know what reequip is? No. Reequip is a Parkinson's drug that got pulled from the market. That's what this is. Be- is that what it is? Uh, that's what yeah. this says. This at is the re-equip? Very beginning. It says it's developed to treat depression or Parkinson's and is off-label alertness and focus benefits. But is it the same drug? Is it, it reequip? It could be re- renal check. It could be re-equip. maybe. Find out if it's the same thing as reequip. Because reequip, they lost a settlement. They lost a court case where a guy became a gay sex and gambling addict. I remember he was that a heterosexual guy with Parkinson's. He had a little yeah. bit of a shake and. So he starts taking this drug and he just can't stop sucking cock and rolling dice. Yeah. He's just out there. A compulsive behavior. Compulsive, yeah. well, wildly compulsive. Like finding people on ads and just fucking them and they yeah. fuck him and wild shit. Yeah. Like he couldn't believe what he was doing. He just lost his fucking mind. And they attributed it to the drug. They, they I successfully, that. I think he got hundreds of thousands of dollars in a settlement. Well, there was an ad. Well, I can't remember what drug it was for. And I remember hearing it. it ha- I want to say it was an antidepressant. But you would hear, like, if you feel a sudden urge to gamble, contact your dog. Like, that's an odd. But this with this guy, it's crazy because I don't know that there were other cases that were similar. I just heard of this one. The gambling thing must have happened. If they're saying that on the commercial, that must happen a lot. Is it it the same drug? Are we talking about the same drug? Or is it other drugs that make you gamble, too? Any of those ones that are, you know, with the suicidal ideation or whatever Mm. they call it happens more... Somebody was telling something that inhibits your fear, your anxiety. You know, your, your anxiety about all kinds of things, but like it could be for death too. You're, yeah. you're supposed to be afraid of, of uh, taking your own life, but it, it could. Uh, well, also taking other people. people's lives. You know, that's the correlation, not causation, that people make with uh, psych drugs and shooters. Yeah, well, Tom Cruise, we said Matt Lauer was being glib. I laugh, but you know what? Matt Lauer was being glib. Well, he, Matt Lauer thought that he was informed. Because you, that's you what we it. were told. We were told that there's a chemical imbalance. And it turns out that that's not based on anything. Like this, that whole thing about people that are depressed have a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Th- that's been. It's in the commercial. I forgot. They go, it, it's thought to work this way. The wording right. is legally, not that they know this. They go, we think it works. And it was right in the commercial. And I didn't remember that from the commercials. I think they're allowed to say, we think it works that way. But I think now they know that that's not necessarily the case. What is the, the, the case now when they say 
so the the statement used to be that there was like a measurable chemical imbalance that certain people had that was leading them to be depressed. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying that's not something that can measure. That that's isn't that correct? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I saw find that out what that is. An article came out where they said like uh, that's yeah, they, not. They what, said that's not true. It was based. Well, there's a lot of really crazy ones you find out, like that the amyloid plaque one with Alzheimer's. Yeah, turns out it was horseshit. It was based on fraudulent data. Yeah, it was oh, all I didn't like hear that. Fraud. It's based on fraud. Popular theory about depression wasn't debunked by a new review, so it oh. wasn't debunked. This is from TechnologyNetworks.com. So psychiatry gave up on the chemical imbalance theory a long time ago. They're saying, oh. So they're saying maybe it's a common thought and they're saying it like it was a recent thing, but it wasn't. Okay, wait. <laughs> the review published by international research team, including first author, Professor Joanna Moncrief, aimed to assess the available evidence for and against the serotonin theory of depression systematically. The team explained this theory near the start of the paper. The theory is the idea that depression is a result of abnormalities in brain, brain chemicals, particularly serotonin. Uh, the theory has been around for decades, but their overreaching conclusion is that it is not correct, given that there appears to be no link between measurable serotonin concentration and depression. Okay. The uh, reaction of many academics, briefly as obviously, in comments, UK-based science med- med- media center, Dr. Michael. Oh Bloomfield, wait a minute! This is this is some kind of. I'll bet you this is some industry fucking thing. Because all, all they're saying is, oh no, no mental health professional says that, but people think that. And yeah, but but let's scroll back up again. I want to finish what he's saying. So he says, the findings from this umbrella review are really unsurprising. Depression has lots of different symptoms, and I don't think I've met any serious scientists or psychiatrists who think that all causes of depression are caused by a simple chemical imbalance in serotonin. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying they do say sometimes that there's a chemical imbalance in serotonin that causes depression. That's, uh, people have always said that. So if right. that's what people were saying, well, they're not saying that's the only reason why you're depressed. But, but they, see, see, see how he's wording this. But they market it to you, even though in the but who's uh, they man. the company? Well, okay, I don't remember the name of the drug, but the old commercial I saw it played, and so they're saying right there, we think it's out. They're not guaranteeing it in the commercial, but everyone I knew remembers it as oh, it's that simplified thing that they're all saying. None of them were ever saying. Well, maybe they weren't in charge of marketing, but the people in charge of marketing were making it seem very much like that's the thing. So, so there's different doctors. Scroll back up. There's different doctors who do a better job of explaining it. And this guy, uh, prof- or better to me, rather, uh, Dr. Uh, Professor Phil Cohen. Uh, Cowan or Cohen? I'm not sure. Oh, they're saying what I'm Pref- saying. Professor of psycho- yeah. psychopharmacology at the University of Oxford said no mental health professional would currently endorse the view that a complex heterogeneous condition like depression stems from a deficiency in a single neurotransmitter. So he's saying that it's probably more things. Do you see down there what it says? That um, it was heavily pushed by drug companies? Yes. Um, so that's uh, exactly Where's that. Where does it say? Read that. Where, uh, uh, yeah, okay. 80, 88% of respondents believed a chemical imbalance to be the cause of depression. This idea, the authors point out, was heavily pushed by drug companies mm-hmm. aiming to sell serotonin re- selective reuptake inhibitor compound. So, and read, I, read, read it for wait, the, the Eli Lilly. Oh, Eli Lilly, for example, promoted their compound Prozac in 2008 with the following. Many scientists believe that an imbalance in serotonin, 
one of these neurotransmitters may be an important factor in the development and severity of depression. Prozac may help to correct this imbalance by increasing the brain's own supply of serotonin. That's from the commercial. I remember that. Mm. And so there's all these maybes and uh, we don't yeah. knows, but you don't remember that. You just remember, yeah. oh, that's what causes it. Exactly. I saw a, 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 an animated diagram of what causes it. So they're not totally lying. It's just the way wormy advertise. Yeah. It's so gross. That's the thing. Ask your doctor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. And your doctor's supposed to be telling you what you should take, and you're asking yeah. your doctor about. And these then all things. of a sudden, there's a big panic of like, uh, wait, don't ask your doctor about these ones right now. Oh yeah. They've been telling people to ask their doctor, and all of a sudden, but don't even look. Not, not the off-label stuff. Can't make any money oh, yeah. off of that. Who would ever use things off that <laughs> that kid's using? Wild? What is he using? Parkinson medicine to steal your money back? <laughs> <laughs> You know what that is? It's an affinity scam. Like, uh, you know, Madoff preyed on a lot of Jewish people because they trusted him. It's called an affinity scam when you try to prey on a, you know, oh, a fellow something. Oh. And this kid, that's an affinity scam of fellow connected rich people. They mm. all trust. Oh, he's the his his pedigree is right. impeccable of his family's connections. That was someone who was ex trying to explain to me Epstein. And we were, we were talking about it, the the Epstein Island thing. Like, why would people go there? And I'm like, because other people were there. Yes, yeah, an Bill infinity scam, yeah. But it's also, if you're like, fucking Bill Clinton's oh, there, yeah, him and, for sure we're safe. Him and uh, Tony this Blair. This is the place to go. They'll show up at anything if you give them the right <laughs> amount of money. They'll sit with this kid in board shorts and like unkempt hair and talk about crypto. But that is one of the wildest things that Epstein did is get all those prominent people to go. And it's sort of, it's not just guilt by association. It's also like it's a greeting card for all the other people. Yeah. Like, if you, like, have you ever been invited to a party and someone they'll tell you someone famous is going to go? Yes. <laughs> it's a weird thing. There's a honey like, trap. Hey, if you go, Drew Carey might be there. Like, oh, Drew Carey might be there. Yeah, I might right. be there too then. I'd like to meet Drew Carey. Yeah, why? And plus, yeah. you know, all the the famous like gift baskets at award shows that, sure like celebs love getting like hook, oh, yeah. hooked up like that's a thing of any of the things that's a good side effect of if you're in any kind of show business like when you get hooked up like yeah you're like oh i could go backstage at a thing get free ray-bans yeah so like <laughs> at all levels they love that at yeah. all levels yeah there used to be like a, a place you'd go for like these award shows and there was these tents and you go that's the first time i met ice cube I was oh, like, yeah. "What's up, Ice Cube?" We were both in this fucking stupid tent, and they were they were giving away all kinds of shit, man. They were giving away like um, fucking trips to places, free trips. They give you free trips. They give you jewelry. They, this is for what? For whatever, some oh. stupid award show. I don't even remember which one it was. I remember the Emmys. I got a free, like a basket, but I didn't get. I wasn't getting like the whatever primo Emmy thing. But I got a you know that T-shirt of Bruce Lee as a DJ that. Yes, it, yes. It's yes, like a six hundred dollar yes. T-shirt, really, <laughs> or some. That's it was something like that because, and I remember seeing it in Iron Man. Tony Stark is wearing it, and uh, but that was like it was all that kind of stuff. And oh, then, like, inside, they, they would custom make you a pair of shoes, but you had to. Mm. I never bothered to go. That's hilarious. Take my handmade shoe coupon. Yeah, they they always did that stuff. It's like it might have been the Emmys. Cause I, but I went to a few of those things. Uh, I, I had to go to one of those um, when uh, Phil Hartman was nominated for an Emmy. Oh, really? And uh, this was after he was murdered. So the whole oh cast, God. the whole cast of news oh, radio, right. is sitting in the audience, just hoping that Phil's gonna win. And Phil didn't win. The dude from Frasier won. And uh, Dave Foley turns to me and goes, "What the fuck does the guy have to do to win?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Dude, Dave Foley in the moment, one of the fucking sharpest guys ever. I think and he's it was, funny, and, I do, and the man. the way he said it, the way he looked at me, it was like perfect You know, that timing. kid's in the whole movie with the the uh, drug company. There's a lot of like weirdly oh, yeah. ahead of it. In fact, they got a lot of weird ahead of their time stuff. Yeah, and like the Simpsons in a way. Yeah, they had a whole thing, uh, like they predicted the woke takeover in like 1993. Oh, yeah, the arc. We just played that art class one. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, I just realized the ultimate gift basket uh, for Zlebs is, is the one FTX did, which just a shit ton of money. Yeah, oh, that's, that's the better best. than the. Yeah, than fake a, money. Than a designer t shirt. If that, if that guy didn't go to war with that other guy. That's what happened, right? That dude dumped all of his coins. He 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 sold oh, all yeah. of his coins. Binance, and they really couldn't cover it. Yeah, the, yeah. That was his like rival. Yeah, they had he had a whole back door installed in that, so that his kind of house, one of girlfriend or whatever she is, ran Alameda Research. Right. And then they had some. They back funneled door, off yeah. like ten billion dollars into yeah. that. It's, it's the whole thing is so wild. They were yeah. just on speed playing with fake money. It's so uh, it's so funny to watch the videos where it's obvious, and all you need is people to be on board. Yeah, if all the right people are on board, that's yeah. all it takes. It's like the Epstein Island thing. Yeah, everyone. It's like everything's to train you to get to be a like you don't really get to pick if you say whatever your politics, right? Right. Whatever you would call yourself, you don't get to decide that. Like we'll let you know what you are. Right. You could decide maybe a gender. You go ahead and pick out a gender, honey, but you're not getting to pick. Everything else about your identity will be assigned to you from now on. You can only, even that can only be assigned if it's convenient. You see what happened with the non-binary shooter? Oh, and then yeah. the transgender person on television says, I could tell by looking at them that that's a man. Well, what do, you, what do they do in that situation where they have, we played it on Jimmy's show. That is such a the, crazy thing to say. Like, that is against everything you supposedly stand for. Did you see initially, so it's Al Franken- some other white guy, the the reporter, the woman, and then I can't remember the black guy's name, but she, she's like, so first hearing the non-binary thing. So now they're in a bad spot because right. you're supposed to like immediately go along with that. Right. And, and they're also, resistant. And she, and this is like really screwing up their narrative of whatever they were going to say uh, the, the uh, this person uh, was, right? And so they had to turn the black guy because they're like, I hope, because we're white, like we can't say anything like, I hope this is enough of a shield for us to say we don't want to accept that this shooter is non-binary. And then they had to get a trans woman to come and go, it doesn't look non-binary to me. <laughs> so crazy to say. The, the whole rule is set up that way. In fact, I first heard about on from uh, that guy Adam Curry on here, ESG, a long time ago. Yes. And I was like, oh, is that what that is? Because I was wondering where all this bizarre... It sounds like it's a tax write-off. It's so like, one, you're like are they? They must be making money in some way or yeah. getting a grant to do this. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's wild. That's like what people FTX are. Prof did. They're profiting off of a, a mind virus. You could juke the numbers however you want yeah. if you pay. You pay into it. I yeah. like like a carbon, like your personal carbon. And it footprint. sounds good. You're trying to make the world a better place, a more equitable place, a yeah. beautiful place, yeah, a more just place, more diverse place. <laughs> he said that openly. Sounds and, great. And also that it was bullshit openly to someone he thought was giving him a favorable article. Because they're all really, really uh, kid gloves with this FDX kid. He must have paid out. It is weird how they're kid gloves with him, right? Like some, yeah. some places not at all. And other places, like, trying to paint him as a person who just made mistakes. Yeah, the whole point of giving somebody a shit ton of money is not so you have to give them orders of what to 
they just have an insight. Like, no, nah, he's one of the good ones. I know we like we hate billionaires here, but this guy gave us like <laughs> millions. Yeah, he d- duked out. Mil- Doesn't Bill Gates do that too? Doesn't he donate like millions yeah. and millions of dollars to these media organizations? Because he used to be a not. He used to be a hated guy. Well, he still is by some. But I mean, in the media, I remember that when he was like a bad guy. You know, when they had the antitrust, right? And uh, and now they can't say enough. And then you find all these things. Like Common, I don't have kids, so I, I remember Common Core came out, and I would just hear everybody complaining about Common Core. And they had, that, that's his, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation right. money made that a national thing. I didn't know about that at the time. Like, a ton of, yeah. Oh, look what at What is him. this? Listed at speaking at a New York Times event. Yeah, soon. In two days. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, and he'll be there, he says. Which is crazy. Do they arrest him on the spot? I don't think so. Wild. <laughs> what is, what happens there? I don't know. Wait. Oh, go down a little. See. Wait. Go down a little bit. Yeah. Larry Fink. So that's the guy. I think he's the guy that invented ESG. Right. That's his thing, isn't it? Mm. CEO of BlackRock. So there's all these business folks. Yeah, there's another article. Benjamin Netanyahu. So there's people in the Bahamas looking for him right now from like the crypto community. Wow. They're it's like a real hunting him down. It's a real <laughs> Epstein Island of notable people coming. <laughs> Oh, you gotta imagine. There's probably some bad people that lost millions. Bill, billions. Yeah, I don't know how much people. Well, I mean, really had I mean, a lot of people did, but I mean, some of them are bad people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you, can you imagine all these people know, like Van Jones, especially. You know that guy knows the deal because they got him on camera. What's his name? Filmed them. They're like, you know, this is all bullshit. They're talking about Russia Gate. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. I'm forgetting the guy's name, but he, uh, Veritas. Veritas. Yeah. yeah. James O'Keefe. So that's him. I mean, it's not cut anyway. Van right. Jones is saying it. I know a bunch of people from, especially being in New York, and all the comics would do uh, cable news stuff, you know, like Red Eye, we do. Mm-hmm. And you meet these people, and they're all like, they all know the game and uh, assume you do too. And then if I meet people that think it's all like, they just can't imagine <laughs> something nefarious was. Oh, yeah, of course. Zelensky's there. He's not busy. Nope. Boy, that guy He's really. Give a speech with a tie on. He's getting around. But you got to remember the guy was a comic. Did you see Sean Penn? I know. Did, yeah. you, did you see Sean Penn give him Gave his... Gave him his Oscar. <laughs> I want to know for which movie. Didn't Sean win a bunch of Oscars? He's bad, bad he should. Oscar. If he hasn't, he should. Well, who is that for? The, it's not the people in Ukraine. They're like, oh, we got an Oscar. That's for you at home to go, oh. Like, well, like, keep Sean Penn's expressing his support. He's. I love that he's just like the greatest like tool. <laughs> you know what I think? He's he got, got Chapo caught with his dumb... He's got balls. He's got balls. Oh, the fact yeah. that he went down to meet Chapo... That is wild. Did you see the thing? That guy's got fucking balls. Well, can you imagine being him? Imagine being Sean Penn. Right. You go to Mexico to meet El Chapo. Yeah, right. How many people has El Chapo killed? You know? Loaned it. But do you know the story of that? Oh, he loaned it to him. Loaned it. Well, no, he said- If you lose the war, I want it back. Bring it back to me when you come, I guess when you come to- When you win, bring it back to Malibu. When you host the Academy Awards next year, please bring it back. (laughs) That is such a great statement. When you win, bring it back to Malibu. Like, what better place for a fucking completely- Disconnected celebrity yeah. to request a guy in the middle of a war to come to. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but, That's like a Coen Brothers movie line. Dude, how are they this on? Um, like, without even knowing anything about the situation, if you just live through the last ridiculous, like, ridiculous disasters that we should not have done, right? How, like, how would you be all in on this? We just assume, like, everything you're hearing is a lie after the last, like, I don't know, 20 years? Some people don't, and some people don't know what to think. I'm in the don't know what to think category. 
I, like, I don't think there's a good or a bad going on here. Um, it's obviously bad that Russia invaded Ukraine. It's definitely not good that there's a war going on. And I don't understand why this can't be negotiated. Like, yeah, can it be negotiated? That's a good question. Why can't it be? I and why is there, I, was there, an, I, well, I don't know, watch Jimmy Show. I don't want to bring the the heat down on you. <laughs> Dave Smith has talked, talked about yeah, a lot yeah, of this yeah, stuff yeah, already, yeah, right? Yeah. Dave, Dave Smith knows. talked about it in great detail. Dave gave one of the best breakdowns of how this all happened in the first place, and he actually showed this video of this guy who wrote a book about this in 2014 on the Colbert Show, the old yeah. Colbert Show, yeah. where he's explaining the strategy. And about how Ukraine is Robin and Batman is Russia. Yeah, and right. We want to steal Robin away from Batman openly. And we want to, openly talking about it on television as a joke about a book he wrote. He's joking about yep. stealing Ukraine and making Ukraine join. Th- that's the, the thing. These aren't conspiracy NATO. things. These no. were just if you just have any memory of stuff that used to be on. They would talk about this openly. It's all and so now, crazy. It's just what you do, like. It's the same thing every goddamn war, and I don't know how. You, I, uh, what it is now? I'm old, so I probably aged out of the demographic that it matters if I believe in it or not. You know, so. Well, I think less people buy the official narrative more than ever, but people get caught in camps, right? And if you're camp left wing, you're camp pro Ukraine, you're pro the war, negative. I don't want to hear any negative things. The Azovs are what do they call them now? The celebrated Azovs. Celebrated Azovs. Yeah, you, you don't want to hear anything negative. It's gonna not because it, it's imperative that Ukraine win. And th- there's like these now. Na- do you know actual people? Because the people I know who would maybe say that that aren't bots, <laughs> or they're either like real plugged in and it's a real social, it's a real social credit in some circles. I guess is how I I take it. But I know they just now learned it wasn't called the Ukraine. Probably around february that's <laughs> did clear you, ex- did you see all the bots that attacked elon with yes. the exact same sentence yeah the exact same sentence about one guy shouldn't have all that power <laughs> it's the exact same sentence over and over and over again with all these different fake accounts and someone posted like a screenshot of it of the same phrase oh, being used by all these people not reposting it's not reposting they're just cut and pasting into all these different fake accounts yeah, right. that are pretending to be people, which is yeah. what Elon said when he bought Twitter. Like when he was buying Twitter, well, he was that, like, I'm wonder. I wonder about that. Like what he f- learned in the course of because that was a real roller coaster ride, right? Of it, then dude, everybody he, forgot about it for a minute. He learned some shit. I bet. Yeah, he learned some shit, and I I think uh, that's probably why everybody got fired. I mean, I think he's, he probably felt like a lot of people weren't necessary or he wanted to put all new people in. But I also, uh, from what are the things that he said publicly, like there's some shit going down. Like what those people were supposed to do and what they were actually doing and the, the way they were censoring yeah. people, and it was real. Well, you watch his stupid, like, I'm sure that he... Every anyone there that got cleared out, I have no no. Uh, oh, I'll bet they were really valuable. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even think it for. A, I see them reporting. I'm like, these are the people that made it great. Like, are they? I bet they weren't. Well, you've seen the Project Veritas videos on that. Yeah, they talk to people about openly like stopping people's tweets from getting out, shadow banning them. And... Yeah, this it's all not conspiracy. They open first of all the idea of a shadow ban just to begin with. How is that okay? Right. There's some guy, I think that's an upper echelon video too. <clears throat> the guy that came up with it was some creep, like, so these like creepy, like, uh, uh, tech people. They're all like, 
you know, like a Reddit, uh, Reddit moderator mm-hmm. level kind of person, which is, you know, I don't know if you know how brutal that is, but he, he came up with that like as a little, like, wouldn't it be a great way like to just ban and they don't even know why they're banned and it just took off through the whole industry. That's wild. It's wild that that's a real thing. How's that allowed? <laughs> it is allowed though. Somehow or another it's allowed and you and I are probably both on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let me hit this weed again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, I'm sure like all these people are gonna Well, all these people are freaking out because Elon is opening the gates to everybody to come back. Yeah, they're all mad about the wrong things. You he's know? like if you haven't committed a crime, you should come back. I don't think he's right about the Alex Jones thing. Well, I think he believes that Alex Jones lied on purpose to profit. Well, here's the weird part. Alex Jones didn't get kicked off of Twitter for saying anything about Parkland. No, he got he kicked off for making fun of like Oliver Darcy and saying <clears throat> some like he's like a, I forget it's something like an animal coming out of another animal's ass like something, I like forget, a, something along those lines. I forget what he yeah, said. Yeah, so but the the point is that I think Elon's point was that he he said that his son died, his first child. I believe it was his son. His first child died in his arms. That's what right. he said. Um, and that anybody who would profit off of uh, a child's death or doesn't he work with the lie. Pentagon? Oh, <laughs> real. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who would profit off of like meanwhile the Taliban's on Twitter. Yeah, like. Uh, but but the point is like knowing Alex. That is not what happened. Alex had. A genuine psychotic break. He was losing his fucking mind. He was drinking heavily, and I think he really truly believed uh, a lot of things that weren't true, because he was he was finding out so many things that were true. He was going crazy. Well, you know, and the, also yeah. drinking a lot. Oh yeah, that always helps. He <laughs> he he really did have like a moment where he said, "I just was losing my fucking mind." That doesn't excuse it, right? It's just the fact. That's what, I don't know. If- that's what was going on. I feel like the guy's right about a lot of shit, man. If you look at his hit rate, this is the thing that's like eerie is, you know, it's because, you know, people would say he's a fucking agent. I heard that all the time. And um, and I and I, when I you think of the amount of things that were right, but he said them in like, like the frogs are turning gay. That famous clip. Right. Yeah. It's based on a real story about pollution that's actually affecting wildlife. It's actually an important story. So he's referring to something. That's a real thing. But yeah, it's, like, it's making it's do, doing something fucked up to their hormones, and I think that it makes them intersex or so, something along those lines. Yeah, it's important. But why are you saying it like that? Because then it makes it easy to dismiss. So because he's funny. Yeah, that's the thing about Alex. Is like h- half of what he does is like the entertainment value. Right. But then it's all interwoven in with real shit. Like he'll say shit, and you're like, "What? What are you talking about? They had to stop right. giving the polio vaccine to kids in Africa because they were giving them actual polio." Yeah, and right. And you hear that, and you go, what, "What? That's not true. That can't be true." Dude, that's the you know. <laughs> and then we went to a fucking AP article where yeah. they showed that that polio vaccine when it first came out in America. That's the birth of. I never heard of this. Here's how I found out about it. I was looking up for something else for a joke for the show, and I, I was looking up polio because I got that when I was five in the 80s, right? Well, that's when it was perfected. It was perfectly good when I got it. Apparently, and it's not because it was ba- the vaccine itself was bad. It's because the drug company that first manufactured it accidentally put live polio into it. So it was the actual pharmaceutical company fucked it up. And then some people got polio from it, and that was the birth of being hesitant about vaccines. Mm. People weren't just like, oh, it's it's black magic. Something happened. And the, here's the creepiest part of this article that I read. 
This wasn't someone arguing against uh, the COVID vaccine. This was when Trump was in office still doing Project Warp Speed to make sure the vaccine was going to get made. And they were all talking how it's bad because Trump's doing it. So this guy writing this like, hey, slow down, Trump. You should know why some people might be hesitant. If that was if, if like he would, I'm sure that same guy would be exactly the opposite on, on command. Yes. yes. On to today. That's I think the thing that's creepy. Yeah, that is kind of creepy that it's like it's not fact based. It's what does the ideology support? What is the cult? Want? Right. The cult wants this. Vaccines are good. And if you there isn't there a strain of polio that's specifically from the, that like there's a vaccinated strain of polio that some oh, people are know. catching. Let's what, find out. Now? If that's true. Yes. Now. Is that the thing about New York? There was something with the water supply. They thought it was causing polio. I think. No, I think they detected the levels of polio in the waste supply, which would indicate that polio is in the area. I that's think a that's weird what it is. Let's, let's find out one at a time because I want to make sure that the vaccine case of polio is true because I think I heard Jimmy say it. I think it was something that Jimmy talked about. I remember that article talking about them saying it, but I don't remember what yeah. the update of it was. I think that's what <clears throat> that's what the assertion was. Here it is. Detection of circulating vaccine-derived polio virus 2. Vaccine-derived polio virus is a well-documented type of polio virus that has mutated from the strain originally contained in the oral polio vaccine. The oral, oral polio vaccine contains a live, weakened form of polio virus. I didn't so there get is oral a, as a kid. So there's a polio virus too. Oh, weird. That I, is yeah. vaccine derived. That's Wait. crazy, and that's what they were talking about. In I got a shot when I was a kid. I yeah, it's different. No, the oral one was the one that the AP was talking about with kids. They were giving it to kids in Africa, and they were winding up, get, winding up getting polio from the polio vaccine. That's oh. what that's what Alex talked about, and that's what I was like. There's no fucking way that's true. Pull that up, and he pulls it up, and it's not a wacky website. It's AP News. Dude, the scary thing is when you read, you know, that that stupid thing of um, what if somebody? By the way, I got vaccinated, <laughs> but people are saying things like, uh, "What if someone you love needed a bed, and then they couldn't get one in the hospital because an unvaccinated person was taking up the bed?" Oh yeah, I heard this repeated. Oh yeah, a lot. Yeah. Which it's already, but this is the thing I didn't think of at the time. It's already stupid on the face of it because when they come out and I'm sorry, there's an unvaccinated person, your loved one has to die. And like, uh, why are there not enough beds? If you know a pandemic is coming, wouldn't you think there'd be enough bed? They purposely run because it's all private equity that owns the hospitals. They run it that way on purpose with not enough beds because it's not cost effective to have enough beds. And if you look it up, I read this in an article that was bragging about how great this is. It was like an industry thing. It was that way it'll provide more efficient care and you can focus on preventable. It wasn't a thing exposing it. It was a thing explaining why it's great that there's not going to be enough beds from now on. That's the creepy shit. So do they, well, they don't plan for a pandemic, right? It's not like the, the hospital should have all these beds running 24 seven to In plan for it. But yeah. once the pandemic hits, like how much resources would be involved in making sure there's enough beds? Oh, in a lot of places, there were enough beds. <laughs> that wasn't even a thing that there weren't enough beds. But that was the thing, too. It's like there was a lot of propaganda about people that were clogging up. Remember this story? Yeah, they that's a fake story. They clogged up the emergency room in Oklahoma because they were having ivermectin overdoses and there was right. no room for the gunshot wounds. Right, and there hadn't been a gunshot wound in that town. And <laughs> it was all The sheriff shit. had to call. Yeah, and Rolling Stone <clears> ran it. 
Yeah. By the way, that was great. There with Yan Winter, that was that clip is unbelievable. That clip it, was so strange. It really shows you like, because I always wonder like, what in the hell this like credulous, like we watched uh, John Stewart talking to Hillary and Condoleezza. Did you see that? I tried not to. Oh, it's brutal, dude. And uh, you can even see on his face <laughs> that, and it, and it's like you, it's like the, you could see like he. Like Luke Skywalker, like I know there is good in you. He's like trying to talk to him like that. Wow. And no, there isn't, dude. They're f- and the two of them are horrible. And it, it's the things they're saying. Like I don't even know how you get through the video watching. We didn't. We had to stop it every like minute. I haven't seen it. <clears throat> oh, the arrogant! It's just unbelievable. It's a foregone conclusion that it's great for us to keep going everywhere and uh, uh, regime change, whatever the hell we do. That like an alcoholic. Like this time is going to be better. <laughs> is that what they're saying? They, I've had people say it to me point blank of like, well, Iraq wasn't, you know, they weren't really, they couldn't really have democracy like culturally, but like Ukraine's got a shot at it because they're more, you know, stuff that's like, maybe not, I don't know if outright racist, but chauvinistic, let's say, mm. you know? Right. But just the idea it's going to, this time, this time it's going to work. work. That's amazing. Also, like, what does that make? Ukraine if if Ukraine wins in the Ukraine do they join the UN do they never join the UN are no, they a part oh, of NATO? NATO are they not in the UN oh, or NATO they're NATO not rather excuse me NATO if 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 they right I've had a little marijuana folks yeah um if 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 they do join does I mean isn't that like the big that was the big sticking point yeah, I, if you watch it, we play all the clips of it. I mean, well, that was what Dave Smith has said. That was the big sticking point: was that they're they're moving their weapons closer and closer yeah. towards uh, the Russian border. Yeah, right. And that if if they could get them to join NATO, there's a whole bunch of people that think that yeah, NATO should expand as much as possible, and it should go every they, like you could hear Condoleezza and Hillary. I mean, imagine the two of them. Just if, that's what that's what I'm watching John Stewart sit through. What what do you think was going through his head? He, I think he's like that. Uh, remember, they had that that rally to restore sanity, mm-hmm. and it was like a a real middle. It's really it, it, like the Obama years were great for me. Festival is really what you call it, and a bunch of people I know in the, in their minds, like it was great when Obama got in. He did, and I liked Obama a lot. I was all all for Obama at the time. I had no idea of any of the actual things he was doing. Or like the drone wars. Or, and then now you realize the left and right is like, if you're left, America left, you're for like advanced robot killing. <laughs> of mostly innocent people. Of mostly. I like mean. grossly. Yeah, like 90%. Yeah. That ain't a good. You, can you say collateral damage at that point? It's yeah. collateral survivors at that point. Yeah, the amount of actual people that they target that get killed. Yeah, so. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 10%. Right? So they made it like a. Ninety percent. A combatant, somebody uh, uh, who could be a combatant. They, at one point, they made it anybody over the age of fifteen, some creepy thing like that, right? That was during Obama. So then you could just legally do this stuff. Trump made it so they don't even have to report. <laughs> they don't have to report the numbers. <laughs> so those are your choices. That's your two choice. It's like a left twix and right twix. Can you imagine you're on your way to a fucking wedding, and you hear missiles that get launched from robots? I mean, you got so many cars headed to the mountains. They assume it's I, like I have wanted to get out of going to a wedding really bad, and <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not the right. But I see what you're saying. <laughs> but that's it's those are the horror stories you always hear, like a wedding party. Yeah, then up. they get they gotta 
It's just unbelievable. It's that the same sort of cop logic that allow you to steal ten thousand dollars from some kid about to buy a Camaro. That's a good. What cop logic's a good. Uh, yeah. That's what they sounded like. Hillary good guys, Kyle. bad they, guys. They had cop logic. Well, that was what Julian Assange exposed in that video that was so damning. Yeah, there right. Was a, that moment where that that guy and that uh, it was a helicopter, right? Yeah. Who launched those missiles at the photographers. Yeah, and right. Then, and then there was kids that were in a van, and he was like, "Well, they shouldn't have had their kids with them." Mm. Which is remember the guy that they got with by drone that looked like Adrian Brody, kind of uh, a la Lockie. Yes. And uh, his son had gone to find his dad, you know, and so was with him and died too. And I remember people now who would be like war hawks saying he's an American citizen. They just executed. Now, when they got him at the time, I remember thinking, hey, citizenship revoked, motherfucker. That's how I felt. Right. It didn't even occur to me that if you just they're going to do that there. What do you what do you think they'll do to you at home? Not give you the same treatment when it comes down to it. Whatever they do over there, they're going to do to you when it's convenient. Like any kind of fucking gangster. That's how it is. So, but I had no concept of that. I remember 9-11, I was there. And I remember everybody was on board with, yeah, that makes sense. Go to Iraq. You got, you just got to show them all. Yeah, the idea Shock was, and awe, you we know? can't ever have this happen again. Shock and awe. I think it's really great how Islamic fundamentalist terrorists have kind of just stopped wanting to attack us. I guess they see we have so many other things on our plate. <laughs> you know how you never, it was the biggest, most important thing and you never hear about it now. Do you remember when we had the scale? Like it's uh, it's orange today yeah. for possible terrorist attacks. Yeah. Remember they tried that for a little while? Yeah. It, a lot of people don't remember. Do you remember it, Jamie? The orange, yeah. It was on TV. They would go, today's yellow. Relax, oh. go outside, go to the park where the government is paying attention. Just to have, I mean, that's the, at the time that came across to me like a- National um, Terrorism Advisory System. You know, the, taking your shoes off at the airport, that's a good- well, There's one fucking guy. DHS what? replaced the color-coded alerts of Homeland Security Advisory Systems with the National Terrorism Advisory System in 2011. So they ran that shit for a few years. And they gave it up. It's, and, it's, and the way it works is like you get funding for these stupid things. So they could be idiotic- and they'll just go, we can take our shoes off at the airport forever. And that's how I think about every, like, yeah. every well, single thing. It was thing. one guy, yeah. right? One guy tried to blow his shoe up. Then they could have just looked at his shoes. His shoes had visible fuses coming out of them. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to light it while they he's sitting next just, to people. Hey, just take a peek at their shoes, maybe. People stopped him from doing it. Like, he's there, with a shitty lighter. <laughs> so dumb. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Ron Jeremy one. He's got the shoe right there. Did you ever talk to that guy, John Kirikow, that caught him? No. He's an interesting dude to talk to, the CIA guy. He's the one that revealed the torture program. Richard Reed was the guy, right? So all under that's his the shoe, shoe bomber, was Richard explosives. Reed. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. You imagine being on a fucking plane and you see a guy lighting his shoe, and you're like, oh my God. I know. He already, Look especially he if you're it. like, okay, I don't want to be phobic and just assume this guy who has a real terrorist look in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? He has a look in his eyes like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Look well, at his he, eyes. He expected to be. Uh... <laughs> like how many of those guys that they talk? Remember that guy that they talked into doing that fake bomb? The the FBI courted him. They co convinced him that he should uh, blow up this fake bomb, and they gave him a cell phone to blow up the fake bomb. And then when he tried to activate the fake bomb, they arrested him. Was wait, what kind of um? <laughs> Islamic terrorist. So he was nineteen. You know years they old. do that. That 
I remember at the time looking up what's the most common because at the time it was an argument about Islamic terrorism, how dangerous, right? That's what right. The, that was the big argument. So I wonder what is the most terrorism. I looked it up and it was, it was like 2011. Eco terrorism was the number one. I was like, eco terrorism. I guess because it's mostly against property, but there's a kid guy who he got it. The, the, I guess how entrapment works is not how I would have thought entrapment works. You could have a kind of shitty person go in undercover and make up a plan with some some guy who's like weak or stupid and wouldn't have done it otherwise. And they got regular, there's like 300 or something cases of that with Islamic terrorists. But before that, was there's a famous one with some kid who's like a virgin and they got a girl to fuck him and draw up a plan and he just gave him money, you know, get some loser. Yeah. And then you catch him and there's funding. Meanwhile, the oh. Boston Marathon bombers slipped through. Yeah. In fact, a bunch of shootings, here's a weird commonality. A lot of people noticed something wrong and called both their local police and the FBI, and they didn't somehow catch it. Well, wasn't the Boston bomber an FBI informant? I never even heard that, but- Was that true? Was the Boston bomber an informant? Is that speculation? Well, the last thing I saw, because uh, remember Brass Eye? That you ever see? That's a, it was like a British fake news thing. It was really funny. No. This guy named Chris Morris. He made a movie about, and I remember this case in Florida. They were uh, it was like a black Islamic group that had this preposterous plan to ride horses into Chicago, something crazy. But they were set up, and I remember on the news seeing. Remember they rounded up the homegrown terrorists, mm -hmm. and they left behind this one guy that he was like really slow. The news. He's the only one left of the, you could tell he was the runt of the litter of this thing. And you could tell he was slow. And I remember like, I I think Bill Maher made a joke about how it wasn't the A-team of terror, you know? Right. It was like that. And so when I saw this Chris Morris interview later, I'm like, oh, I remember those. There's all these like, where they caught people. And I didn't really know the details of it. But the guy was really dumb. And they it's probably like just a, talked him into it. Well, how about the Gretchen Whitmire thing? I know, dude, uh, there was 14 people that were trying to kidnap her. 12 of them were FBI informants. How, <laughs> that's some kind of, it's like the, the waste of them. Um, I mean, but that's hilarious. It's like, sounds like a like some kind of thing to sell more cleaners to me. Right. Everything sounds like that to me. Like a, right. It sounds like it can't things. be real. It's something that you have to prove you did something that was in your nature, I think, is the wording, which is a very strange. But I found that out on... Uh, so they can talk you into doing it because it was in your nature to do it. How the hell do you have that as law? <laughs> Unanswered question about uh, Tamerlan Sarnaev. Yeah. So what are the questions? Uh, was, well, it was he an informant? I didn't get a good answer. Was he a federal informant? How does a federal informant program work? How do federal agents recruit Muslims and other immigrants to become informants? And did Tamerlan... Tamer, Tamerlan Sarnarev, how do you say that? Help Sarnayev. me out. Sarnayev received special treatment through this program for his application to become a U.S. citizen. In 2014, uh, as his dad, Klar Sarnev, prepared for his defense, his Dozer lawyers Soros, his name. <laughs> filed a motion seeking all documents related to FBI contact with Samerlin. Why? They believe, oh, that's, that's the other dude. Uh, they believe that Tamerlin had been a federal informant. They wrote, we base this information from our client's family and other sources that the FBI made more than one visit to talk to Tamerlin. 
and asked him to be an informant reporting on the Chechen and Chechen and Muslim community. Oh. We base this information from our clients. Um, fam, that's it. That's the highlight. So of I tried to read down it to find out any confirmation. It's really long. There are some ties. He's listed in this visual here. So because they even approached him, that set him off because he was already going in in that vein. Is that what I'm? Did see as a boxer, they've they've it, focused on him in this, this? Is from 2010. And what is it about? This was like used to sell people. Uh, this is an excerpt from Boston University graduate student publication. The comment which featured him in 2010. Scroll back up again. Where it was. This is just a long article. I yeah, I know, that. but it says uh, there was someone. Here it is. Uh, he desperately wanted citizenship in 2010. He was featured in a magazine. Um, you help us, we'll help you. McPhee tells uh, McPhee tells Radio Boston. According to he went over t to uh, Dagestan, I think, where he was trying to, according to some officials, get involved with some fighters. Which, it, according to this, then they didn't let him in because of his. His ties to a conspicuous Western culture, it says right here. Mm. Conspicuous Western Chechen style. Fighters. So that's why I, I was trying to read. This is a very long article. I couldn't find it out. I don't even know if this has an actual So that's answer. like a perfect guy to approach to be like, a, hey, you want to find stuff? And, whatever. and yeah. if but he's already paranoid. Especially if he's a boxer and he wants to be a U.S. citizen. Yeah. And they can get him to. Similarly, I found this article in the New York Times, which goes into someone very similar. They tried to find a nuclear specialist and get him to do a bomb and. Uh, this long article gives into, I guess he Dude, did. Dude, there's he a bunch through. of Hold these. Hold on, say it again? In what? He did not go through with this. I think he saw through oh, whoever was trying to get at him. Same kind of deal, yeah. but he, okay. Yeah, like they do that all the time, I think. It's not even breaking the, the it's The law is like you could do a crazy amount of entrapment. So, and I, I wasn't aware of that, you know? That is nuts. It's nuts that that's funded. By tax dollars did you <laughs> to ever, trick people. Did you ever see the thing? I just sentenced to thirty years, despite his concerns of entrapment. This says, yeah. So he wasn't let. Go. <laughs> Fuck your concerns. He, he got fucked. So they still put him away. Yeah. Yeah. Why they know, put him away? Because he was thinking about it. Yeah. Again, I didn't. Because he was talking to them about it. Did you yeah, ever? But you imagine if you're hanging around with dudes who are talking about blowing up a nuke in Manhattan, and you're in the same cell as them, same terror cell. And you're like, uh, yeah, man, sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a plan. That's one thing. And they're recording this, but they turn out to be the FBI. But you are just, you're never planning on doing it. Yeah. You just think you're freaked out by oh, the fact oh, oh. that these guys want to blow up a fucking yeah. nuke. What do you say? If the, if this is your group of people. Dude, yeah, that's what people did when I was doing Sasha's thing. Because you're like, why do people, because people will like sense something weird. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they'll sense something weird and go along with it, especially... Like real, like reality show kind of people, like they're just like camera. Oh, I just do the thing and don't think about the thing and do it. And right. Like, or the the uh, there was it made the news, but it was the, the guy was freaked out and uh, he did try to like. Remember, there was some news that some guy brought up like a pedophile ring or something. There was some guy that thought it turned out to not be that at all. It was like a guy, but people be scared when they hear you bring up some kind of illegal thing. And they might act like it's okay and then go report it. You know, hopefully that's what... What are you talking about? Pedophile thing? What? I don't remember the exact thing, but one of the guys they did a prank on, the, it, something... And it, and the first it went around like a rumor that... Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's right. That's and I called right. my friend, friend and he was like, it It turned out the guy, he was afraid because he just heard this and went along with the thing. and it, So it was nothing, but people will, will go along with something if you... I mean, I mean right. what do you... You know, especially well, some with five guys. Right. Also, some people... They're like, you could get them to talk about almost anything. 
Like there, there's some people that like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, uns, there's there's a certain level of uns, unsophisticated person. If you're around them and you start talking about ghosts, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, they just just go with it, right? You're talking about Sam Harris on uh, <laughs> trigonometry. <laughs> like, holy, cr are you saying this for real? <sighs> I wish he hadn't used those words. Well, I love that he did because it's so, like, uh, it's such like an obvious thing, but like a bunch of people not as bright as him would know not to say that. Um, he feels very strongly anti-Trump in a way that, you know, what do they call it? Trump derangement syndrome? I, every time I think that's just some kind of like phrase, I'll see a new example where I'm like, this is amazing. He's just, he literally goes, yeah, no, it's a conspiracy. That's good. We have to do it. Like you're the Dark Knight with the Joker, and you got to spy on everybody's phone that one time. See, the thing is, it's the one good thing about someone like Trump even being able to become president, which is so crazy. It just shows you how bananas this system really is. But that's the problem with him is that mainly because you know people that think he's gonna help. I want it to work out for you, but guess what? <laughs> there ain't no help coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's help coming either. I give it to Candace Owens that interview with Trump where she brought up Eric Snowden and Julian Assange. Mm -hmm. And I, Trump said, he was like, well, I should have. I've never even heard of Trump saying I should have done something different. Like, that's yeah. amazing to get that out of him. That's that's one of those ones where if he did, who the fuck knows what would have happened. You, I mean, that is a that's like a fucking take a ride in a convertible through Dallas moment. You, all these things I would have dismissed, especially stuff like JFK, uh, uh, Oliver Stone. Yeah. That, I, JFK's a movie, right? That kind of thing. Like, there's probably an explanation. Just the fact that you would delay it another whatever. 55 years. Something uh, like that. Like, Why? automatically. Yeah. What could the reason be? Is it something good? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have our best interests in mind. You always do. Why would you not want to tell us this right now? Yeah. What? What about this could people not handle something that happened in 1963 go also <laughs> what about all the data of the safe effective uh, vaccine that i got that is they wanted to hold back for 75 yeah really 75 years or they're that, making them do it quicker yeah the judge uh yeah we don't have enough people to go through and put black you're allowed to redact did you see the in uh uh the eu hearings where they and, they and they're asking about the data and they the guys holding up what they were given and it's all blacked out except for like one line here and there that's just the contract with the drug companies that they the guys government made you get so that's how much you is, that's proprietary information it's well called. think about Sam Bankman-Fried yeah now multiply that many many times yeah and you got the amount of money that's rolling around and it's just getting getting in everybody's pockets. It's and the same goddamn creating thing. Creating influence everywhere you go. Do the same people that made what's the movie about? Uh, you know, Steve Carell's in it and Batman's in it. Yeah, about two thousand eight thing. That thing keeps yeah. going. Big like it, it's never it? big short. Big the big short. short. Yeah. All that stuff Matt Taibbi wrote about has yeah. never been addressed or fixed in any way. No. No, and Matt Taibbi did a brilliant job of breaking it down to someone who's never studied the markets before, and you just go, what? Yeah, That's right. how you guys were doing this? <laughs> like, this whole thing is insane. No, it, it, and then the whole thing about you have to bail them out, and then the people that you bail out are allowed to get bonuses, like giant bonuses. Yeah, right. You have to give them the bonus, because otherwise they're going to leave and go somewhere else. Like, what? 
<laughs> the WeWork. What the fuck are you saying? The, Dude, the country's love, on fire. The WeWork guy. You ever see WeWork? Yeah, what happened with that? I so don't, I don't he got like a billion that. dollars out of, what was it? It was like a tech company, but their tech was selling office space or renting office space, which is not tech. And he just got all, and all he had to do was just be barefoot and talk about some kind of goop kind of shit. That's all you got to do with rich people to just, I was talking to uh, this dude Pasta who has a good uh, podcast I do. His buddy Steve, we were talking about Hawaii, cause you know, you just went to, mm-hmm. you could make a whole living. <laughs> Steve said, you just bring a didgeridoo to Hawaii and walk along the beach just playing and you could get some kind of patronage eventually. <laughs> and that's like a therapy. Like, it, it really is. Just a, boy, boy, yeah. boy, boy. Those are the weirdest fucking, that's like Viking shit. Like, where'd that come from? Is it a, a, a Maori thing? Is that a New Zealand thing? I thought it was uh, an Aboriginal yeah. thing. Is that what it is? That's far back. That's I gotta a believe. great fucking sound. I gotta believe that they never, the Aborigines never enjoyed their own didgeridoos as much as <laughs> a white guy with dreadlocks. <laughs> Wow, look at them. Look how cool that looks. Holy shit. Yeah. They're wearing these uh, wild like paint all over their body and these uh, crazy outfits. I want to hear that. Okay. Uh, Can we hear it? I mean, that guy could one. clean up in Hawaii if he showed up. Fuck yeah. If those guys regalia. were on the beach. It's such a fucking psychedelic sound. Yeah, right. Like if you were doing mushrooms in like a, a, a teepee with a fire in the center of right. it and you, you hear that sound. Whoa. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we're tripping balls. Is he doing balls. a didgeridoo solo right now? <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm tripping balls just listening to him. Imagine, imagine you hear that sound and you, you have like a cold camp because you're trying to hide and you're hoping that they don't find you. I mean, uh, can I tell you what I the appreciate? The aboriginals are ready to come kick your ass and you hear this from the top of the mountain. <laughs> I Fuck. Pre- I'm Tom Selleck and Quigley down under waiting. <laughs> <laughs> this guy you could tell is like the Steve Vai of didgeridoo. That's wild. Well, I, I mean, I like... Uh, My buddy Adam Greentree works with a lot of Aboriginal people. He runs a mining company yeah. in uh, Australia. And uh, he said that there's so many languages that well, they, they call them mobs. Like oh, the different yeah, right, groups right. of Australia. Instead of a tribe, they call themselves a mob. And one mob might not understand what another mob 100 kilometers away speaks. Really? Yep. Oh, no shit. He said it's wild. And he said a lot of it's not written down either, unfortunately. Yeah, right. So, like, if they die, if they die off, and sometimes they, they'll have, like, you know, it, historically, they were poisoned by people that lived there. They yeah, were po- right. poisoned by the settlers. Oh, and yeah, yeah, it's they, crazy. They, they that lost, history. like, giant groups of them. They, there's, a, like, a cave he was telling me about. And if you go there, there's, like, a whole mob that was killed with poison they gave him poison oh food yeah really cave. it's a really bad uh <laughs> there's adam uh that's that my buddy in the cave but it might not be well there's there's a cave that had it was filled with bones yeah right quickly down under was about a lot of that but they were shooting at originals but it's really wild what happened quickly down under 
Yeah, you ever see that with Tom Selleck? No, I never saw that. Oh yeah, he he shows up and it's all about that how they were massacred. Not he wasn't doing it, but I guess Quigley. I don't think it's a real they, guy. They would but. steal their children and make them be adopted by white people. Well, that's a Canada down under. Canada has a whole history of that, right? Yeah, and, they um, did that too, I think. Right. The pictures they'll have pictures of the whole thing, and they they make them in black and white, even though it wasn't <laughs> black and white. <laughs> this is like 1975. To create, yeah, to create emotional distance <sighs> oh, from the event. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Yeah, some this was, was a long time ago, back when yep. there was only paintings. You put it in black and white. And people <laughs> are like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's all you have to do. Yeah. Put it in black and white, and people are like, oh, there's all these just make it things, a Polaroid. Yeah. Make it a Polaroid, like clearly big white strip on the bottom. Oh, it's a Polaroid. Wait, do you know? I was just thinking, of, do, can you only play that one song on Didgeridoo? I've only heard one song. Well, I think one you get to uh, make your own sort of sound because there's no. It's all in whoa, 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 what noises you're making in that giant ass tube. Did you see uh, that Dune movie where they, uh, the new one they made, and the guy, there's like, they're doing some sacrifice. No, I didn't see the new Dune. Oh, there's a cool Was part. it good? Yeah, it was pretty, I mean, I thought it done as well as you could do it. And they, But the guy's doing that throat, it's not, you know, the, the uh, I don't know, not Tibet, that throat singing where the, it's like almost like some Mongol shit, and they make a didgeridoo, oh yeah, here we go. It's right in the beginning of this. Yeah. It's like that monk chant. That's what Duncan Trussell does before he goes to sleep. <laughs> wow. This is fucking cool. Yeah, it was pretty good. Bro, I need to see this movie. I saw the original one. Way back in the Disney. I saw the, the, like, a long copy of it that doesn't... It was, like, George C. Scott doing the opening and not... Oh, really? The, the one where the girl the, who plays the princess is doing it is one of the worst. She goes, oh, and I forgot one more thing. She says that <laughs> in the opening <laughs> The planet's called Dune. <laughs> it's such a bad cut, but the, I think this was an Alan Smithy one. Some, when I was in art school, my friend Tom had it. it was, and it was, uh, it was actually, I liked it a lot. Do you think we're sliding into some science fiction movie dystopia? It's just happening. Yeah. Slowly and unstoppably. I think it happened 20 years ago and you're just slowly learning of it now. And we're we're going to wake up one day when things are horrific and that will be our normal existence. And if we th saw that today, we'd be terrified. We'd be terrified of where it's going to be like the Terminator. It's going to be like flying drones that know where your location it's, is at all times. To that movie that you showed, that Collapse movie, mm -hmm. which I remember when that came out, and how bizarre that is that it's getting like great reviews back then because it was like... Kind of right-wingy. Well, that's not right. That doesn't even not sound right-wing. No, it's like anti... That's what they would say now. Yeah, that's Wait, what they would say now. Oh, you think it's bad to the wars? You're really right-wing. Like, do you even know? Right. So nothing means anything. It's all like a label that could be changed at a moment's notice, and you're supposed to forget what it meant like two weeks ago. The fact that it can be changed at a moment's notice, and the fact that you can get people to support war, you can get people to ignore the existence of the military-industrial complex and the amount of money that is involved in that and the influence that that has. Dude, that's the worst part of that John Stewart thing where he, because he's, you can see he's like letting, they, he's like, no, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hold your feet to the fight. He keeps doing that. Because he wants to get to something, and then what he gets to is, okay, I know. Do you think this isn't like cost effective for our empire? 
the only appeal he makes to him is maybe we're stretching our empire too thin, and is it fiscally resp- That's all he'll broach the topic with them. That's how fucking warped it is. But is that that's the only way you could have that conversation with them? Do they have parameters, that's what look like you think? To, well, yeah, why would they even show up to but that? But would John push that? Or would John know that I think this is he the way to get access to these people? You have to be to, able to have these kind of interviews with them. I would love to know. Because, first of all, there's no way he doesn't know by now that that medal he put on the guy that was a guy with a Nazi tattoo. Now he probably knows. There's no way he doesn't know. Yeah, he probably okay? knows now. It's just a thing of having faith in the, like, let's not give up on this. It's not. <laughs> it still works. Like, Jan, what's his name? Jan Wenner? Mm-hmm. The, the thing where he's like, yeah, the drug supply is really safe. He was watching somebody who's like a legendary founder of a thing who's like, so like, no, it, like Ben and Jerry are in charge now. And it, it, it's, <laughs> it's the good people are the establishment. It's all being taken care of. And they don't read. They know people. So they just assume it's all. Yeah, they you know, assume everything is fine because that's what the narrative is. And if you're a good person, you go with the narrative. There you go. Do you remember when they had the fucking Boston bomber on the cover and they got criticized because he was hot? Oh yeah! Do you remember that? He had those. Sweet, Find that photo. Yeah, he looks like a that teen sweet idol. Lips, yeah, he's a handsome fella. The dreamboat terrorist. Dreamboat yeah. terrorist. Not like the meaner older brother with his. Yeah, look! Bok. Look at him there. Yeah. No, I mean he does look like a boy band. Uh, look at that. He he looks like he's some fucking new guy. He's the new hot guy that girls have on their wall. Were they Chechen? I don't know what he was. Because I thought that Is was that something like that. Well, that wasn't that long ago, huh? Yeah, because Gary well, Clark Jr. Remember back when um, we w- had no problem with Russia because the Chechens and uh, Muslim terrorists, and yeah. they cracked down on that. This whole thing is wild, but the fact that they found it disgusting and shameful, uh, tasteless—a slap in the face to America. Boston public officials have issued similar appraisals. Mayor Thomas Menino called it a total disgrace. CVS, Walgreens, and other local retailers have promised not to sell the issue. Wow. Well, you got to admit- But that's just because his face was cute. Yeah. Looking, Scroll back up. Imagine if you look like Harvey Weinstein. I mean, uh, you tell me he's not way hotter than the FTX kid? <laughs> he's hot. I mean, they got full page- Look at him. He's a handsome fellow. I know. I think he didn't, didn't do it the more I look at his picture. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he could have with but those if, lips. But if his head was shaved and he was ugly- yeah. Would they still have him on the cover? But the thing is, like, why do they have him on the cover? Why why take a terrifying, awful situation like that and make the person a star? Well, number one, that's the most important thing is to sell. I bet you sell a bunch of copies of Rolling Stone with yeah. that as the cover. A dreamy terrorist. Would you like to be in the room when they made that call? Um, do we put the terrorist dreamboat on the cover or Gary Clark Jr.? <laughs> Because Gary Clark Jr. is on the cover, too. Who's Gary Clark Jr.? He's the baddest motherfucker alive. You don't know Gary Clark Jr. I think, is? I think uh, Dozer Soros Triceratops is more bad than him. He's one of the greatest guitarists that's ever lived. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant like... No, he's alive right now. He lives in Austin, Texas. He's the fucking man. Oh, I didn't know anything about him. Him and Suzanne Santo did a, co- a cover of Midnight Rider once. I saw it at a live club. To this day, like one of the greatest musical performances I've ever seen. It's Gary Clark Jr.'s version of the Allman Brothers' Midnight Rider with Suzanne Santo singing, and she doesn't totally know the words, so she Googled it and got the fucking lyrics on her phone. She's singing perfectly her version of Midnight Rider off of a fucking phone impromptu. Where were you? There's like a small club in downtown L.A. Oh, no shit. Yes. I was with my oldest daughter and Suzanne and Gary Clark Jr. and Ben, because uh, Honey Honey was together back then. 
and it was like some Smirnoff thing or some shit. Some fucking liquor company put together some event where they were going to perform live. Mm. It was like 150 people in the room. Just, yeah, right. It was like a midnight on a Tuesday in downtown LA. It was fucking amazing. And I recorded some of it and put it on the Instagram. Put find find the video. Do it was so fucking good, dude. That this video from my stupid phone is only going to capture like a a, 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 a a just a a trace. Oh, you have a- of the magic in the room. But when it was happening in the room, it was like holy shit, this is good. You reminded me of uh. There he is. That's Gary Clark Jr., motherfucker. Oh, I know who that is. Okay. Listen to that. And this is just from my phone. Yeah, right? right? You know how good this sounded there? Yeah, no, I was going to say a phone's going to be like the least. It's Jameson. That's what it was. See, she's reading the lyrics right now off her phone. Look at that. She doesn't know them. <laughs> How wow. wild is that? Is that you was that the end of it? You know, you just dude. reminded me of, dude, uh, uh, Artie Lang's story of <laughs> when, uh, remember Prince played uh, Silent Live party, like the after party of Silent Live one time? Oh, yeah? We were supposed to. I think we, I, it was one night when I went to that party and I was with Artie Lang. I want to say Frank Sebastiano. But uh, Prince was supposed to show up. I guess maybe he did much later, but but Artie wanted to sit in the front row and heckle him and scream, play Raspberry Beret. <laughs> he was just going to be a fat no. guy. He wanted Prince to see a fat no. guy. Raspberry Beret. Well, uh, thank God he didn't do that. Yeah, I think Prince went to like the real after party or something was what it was. There's like a real one. I had a chance to see Prince once live at the Foundation Room at the House of Blues in Vegas. I decided it was too late. I'm going to go to sleep. You know where I saw him one time <laughs> in person? At Ben yeah. Glebe's birthday party. Really? Yeah, first time. walking around? It was at this club. Just Prince came out? in. It was He was real. Because, uh, you know, he was a Jehovah Witness for a minute. Prince so, was? Oh, yeah. So I wanted to ask him all about. But you can't even get near so, Prince. So, Christian scientists are the one that don't let you go to the doctor, right? I, I'm not really clear. I know that was something part of it at one point, but that's uh, not Jehovah Witness. Though. No, that's Mary Baker Eddy. Is so the was of he that. Jehovah Witness as a child, like you were, or was no, he as an adult. late adopter? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, he went door to door. Whoa, how old was he? I don't know. I, thought, I feel like Chris Rock had a joke about it or something about someone. Somebody had a joke about it about Prince knocking on your door, like. It was when he was an adult. Like, all I'm hearing about Chris Rock is that he's on fire right now. Oh, I bet. All this like getting slapped by Will Smith and the Academy applaud. I think that lit a fire into that dude. All I've been hearing, I heard he destroyed here in well, if Austin. If you watch that t that recording, uh, <laughs> also right before that, <laughs> I was. So you know Tim Dillon, right? Yeah, I did a live show with, with he had at the at the main room, okay. And after 
Chris Rock came up and talked to me. He's like, yeah, it was really fun. It was like really cool. Okay. And they hit me up a couple weeks later to maybe help write jokes for stuff. You know, like, so I was like, awesome. He was like an awesome guy. Like I talked to him for like a couple hours on the phone. We talked. And so <laughs> I didn't know what the timetable, because he did mention jokes for the Oscars. Okay. But I don't know when all that stuff is. And I'm not good with email. <laughs> so we, you know, I know where this is going. Yeah. So it didn't. <laughs> so I just figured he texts me, you know, but you know, that's how like Louis read the, his email. And I, I don't, so I was getting like all this like emails from the guy. I'm like, oh, I, and I, I, I'm working on Kyle's thing and like Jimmy's thing. I had no, no concept of when anything was. Okay. So I had to go do Winnipeg. And while I was coming home from Winnipeg, I, I get a call from my manager. She's like, did you write a joke about Will Smith's wife? Like, and I go, oh shit, were the, the Oscars was tonight? <laughs> yeah. So you're responsible. I'm, I like to think I'm not, but. <laughs> so you wrote the G.I. Jane? Because I think, no, I think that was an in the moment thing. Well, I think it was an in the moment, because when I watched that, I know, well, this is what, I, what I'd be thinking, which it looks to me like Chris Rogers is thinking is, you're at, first of all, this is the worst gig ever, being a, f- a funny comedian at the Oscars. It's oh, a terrible, terrible gig. Right? And he's not a big, like, improv guy. Like, he likes to do jokes yeah. and uh, polish them, you know? So Will Smith is coming on stage, and you're like, all right, I'm going to have to, it's an Oscar moment, right? So I got to get ready whatever Will Smith wants to improv. And I'll bet you, up until contact, I'll bet you he thought it was, like, a fake. Right. I'm sure, like, that's what I would have thought, and I right. would have been, because I don't like to have to deal, <laughs> like, I, like, until it hit him, I bet he didn't even realize that it was an actual thing until right when he hit him. I think he didn't hit him hard. No, but it, I, I mean, I think he just it's still did shocking. That. It, I mean, definitely. But people are like, you know, like, why didn't it knock him down? But I don't think he hit him hard. I think he probably wanted to hit him hard, then realized when he was about to hit him. It's such a. It's, it's such so a. So weird like, to watch. Oh my Is god! It, did that it, really happen? Is it terrible slap? Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I gotta keep the show going. <laughs> like, there's a big gig. There's and nothing what, worse than... And now he's feeling it, right? Now his adrenaline spiked. And he's like, what the fuck? Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Look at Chris. I mean, what a hell gig, dude. Anyway. So... I bet he has a great set I right hear now. he's fucking murdering. Mur- oh, Segura bet. went to see him. He said it was awesome. Said yeah. it was awesome. It said it's like Chris Rock from Bigger and Blacker, like Bring the Pain, yeah, like right. that level, just boom, <laughs> Will Smith. just crushing. Will Smith reignited the beast. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, think about it, man. He probably wanted to be a part of that whole fucking industry thing. That's why you host the Oscars in the first oh, place, right? Oh, that's a good point, too. And like then we... get slapped by this guy who winds up winning the Oscar, and they give him a fucking standing ovation yeah, right. after you got slapped by that yeah. guy. Once they you, all cheer and stand right. up. Like Once you see it, you can't unsee you it. You can't unsee as, that. Yeah, right. Yeah, these are crazy people. These are crazy people. I saw it. I remember when, uh, what's his name, at the Emmys when uh, Jeffrey Tambor won for Transparent. Remember he got, like, Me too off that show? Because mm-hmm. he was sexually yeah. harassing the trans co-stars? They were saying that. Yeah, and I remember, so this is before any Caitlyn Jenner He was anything. saying he didn't do anything. I mean, I kind of believe, I think they wanted him off the show. So here's why I think they just want him off the show. When, because, uh, well, I think Jill Soloway's not Jill Soloway now. But oh, that, that, at the time, okay, won, won the Emmy. I remember she was like, fight the, <laughs> fight the patriarchy. 
Mm. <laughs> like, sweetie, do you think the patriarchy is not in charge of you? Why? <laughs> you have this reminder to let you know who's in charge. <laughs> it's like all sharp. Like, you know, it'll stab you if you. So uh, he goes, if I could be the last cis man to play a trans woman, I wouldn't be sad. And the whole crowd's like, yeah. Like, I'm just watching. It's like it's like if Al Jolson was like, if I could be the last blackface performer, <laughs> and they're all like, oh, oh. And so just a couple years later, I'm sure all those people would be like, how dare you have played? But they were all rooting for it. And I'm like, I bet half of you have never even watched this show. Probably do, more. Do you know the hardcore feminists are now? Well, the turfs are now using the term "woman face." I've been saying that. Uh, uh, I have a whole joke about that for a while, and I've I've yet to hear why. I remember years ago asking somebody, a producer, when that was Rachel Dolezal. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, right. uh, and and I was just asking this. I'm uh, this. There was this was not as big a controversy of a thing at the time, but I was like, well, how is that different? You know, because I knew a bunch of people that were trans. It was in New York for twenty years. They're transracial. Yeah, like I'm just asking, why can't you be that? Okay, I've never right. gotten a. And I've tried to find a satisfying answer. I've never gotten one. But this person, I'll never forget. I thought about it. He just goes, Kurt, that's the answer. Like, I thought about that for years, dude. It's just like, <laughs> don't do this. That's the answer to just asking a question like that. And, and in fact, I would say every, everything I can't stand in every business is the, uh, is that the hill you want to die on? I've heard people say that's a say, good one. That's a good one. I've heard people say for years. And what what the fuck does that mean? That means, like, you're running for office. Do I tell the truth about this now, or do I save my political capital for like when it's really important to be honest? Like, you're run. I'm not running for anything. Right. I can be honest whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> but you're supposed to have that. Like, is this the hill? Why do I have to die in a hill about? <laughs> You're asking a question that's a legitimate Am I be question. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a funny thing that there's certain things you're not allowed to question. Like Yeah, Kanye was right about that part of knowing you shouldn't talk like I remember in his interview, right, when he, with uh Tucker, we did a Kyle did a impression of it. Uh, did he? Uh, yeah, he did. Oh, I did see Kyle that the Tucker. rap when he does the rap thing. But one thing Kanye when said Tucker which raps. is a good point is you just train to know what to not even get into. It's not mm. a thing of being afraid of any specific thing. Just be afraid of those are the like like you're a human AdSense uh, <laughs> bot. <laughs> you're like, oh, that might not be good for my right around the time when you became a brand. I remember it was having a brand. Yeah. Then you are a brand, so you're not even the cow anymore that gets branded. You're the fucking brand. That's what you are now. That's when I know not to talk to a person. Yeah. I love what you've done with your brand, Kurt. Oh my god. <laughs> No, no one has ever said that to me once. <laughs> Not once. I just did. I'm so glad I'm the first. <laughs> no one has ever. I've had a told dozen. Me I handled my brand well. I've had a dozen people tell me that. Well, but okay, that's At your, least. that's your brand. But it's still better than. But I mean, but it's still nonsense. Yeah, but that was the first. So some <clears throat> I bet I could guess their age from if they said I love your brand because that's there was a time when 36. that was. Yeah, but right now. But then it became you. You are the brand. Yes. So you wouldn't even think about it and of it belonging to yeah. you. you. You're it. How do you manage yourself as a brand, Kurt? Not well. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like three kids on each other's shoulders with a trench coat trying to get into a dirty movie. Gerard <laughs> <laughs> told me I look a, like that. That's a perfect fucking description. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. 
that's a perfect description. Shiraz said to me a long oh time ago, God. and it's uh, that's exactly how I walk downstairs. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not an ounce of coordination. That's hilarious. Yeah, you, uh, th- mm. there's some creepy ass thing that happened where you like. So when all the you fight people fight, you know, they go, is it hurting comedy? Cancel culture is it hurting? Like, it's not hurting. Comedy is probably the only way you can talk now. It's hurting if you just saying what you think. It's one of the few things that you can still talk about ridiculously controversial shit. Yeah, that and make it, jokes but, as that, long as it's funny. It's much worse than it killing comedy. It's killing you just speaking your mind. Yeah, and you have like having opinions at the workplace. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, but everything is based on are you representing the company? Right. Well, like in your personal time, how is your life reflecting the company? And that's what all that little cancel bullshit, what it did is made your life, uh, hey. Not just the company, but universities. Like, yeah. did you hear about that kid that got his uh, scholarship revoked? Because there was a video of him singing along to a rap song and he says the N-word? I mean, how many it's of like, the... What was the story with that? He's a big college football recruit. Yeah, pull that story up. How the hell, okay, by the way. <clears throat> How the hell is Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, with like three blackface incidents that I know of? I mean, have you ever seen how insane it looks? That is uh, the least of my worries with that guy. No, I know, but it's, it, it's the, such the, an amazing... The scary thing with me, with him, is uh, what they're doing with uh, the WEF. Wait, does it say the rap the... N-word? Yeah, he rapped along oh, he to raps. some song. He raps N-word on camera, loses University of Florida scholarship. Is so it like... he did yeah. he... It's not his own rap, right? Dude, especially in Florida. Was like, he singing along to a song? Along to the words and posted it. What is it? Click on what it says there. Uh, I was in my car listening to rap music, rapping along to the words and posted a video of it on social media. He wrote, I deeply apologize for the words in the song that I chose to say. It was hurtful and offensive and to many people, and I regret that. So, so what did he lose? Scholarship. Okay, but he still could be prime minister of Canada, though. <laughs> he actually, I mean, he didn't. He, I guess, he had a scholarship. He's just not. He wasn't even enrolled yet. He's still in high school. Oh, it's like he's going to go somewhere else. Probably. So he can't get a scholarship. Yeah, so some, no, yeah, at that school, someone else, a professional player, was like, he'll probably get a scholarship somewhere else, though. Just oh, not this school. So did he used to have a scholarship there, and they revoked it? I don't even know if I'll look and see if they revoked it. He might have just stepped down and just been like, all right, let's just not get involved in this. No, I fully accept the consequence of my action. I respect the University of Florida's decision to withdraw my scholarship offer to play football. Yeah, it's just an offer, though. But they hadn't been involved. Okay, so they but they did have a scholarship offer to him, and they withdrew it. That was the thing. Do you see the Do you see the con here? He had an offer to go smash his brain into Swiss cheese, and not be compensated properly. (laughs) That's been revoked. Speaking of Swiss cheese, have you ever seen that video of Mickey Mouse making Swiss cheese with his dick? No. There's an old, 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 old Mickey that Mouse Walt cartoon. Disney himself made. Someone from the Walt Disney organization. Will I, I don't want to pin it that, on Walt. Will I get to see it now? Yeah, watch. So he's, look, he's fucking, he's got oh, his with his bow. Okay, but he's, he's wearing got pants. A, he's got a boner. And he's putting holes in his Swiss cheese with his boner. I always knew that's how look he did that. it. Look at that. Mickey has a boner. And he's making Swiss cheese with his dick. My God, look at him. I mean, it's in the middle of his fucking pants. It's not in any other place other than where your dick's supposed to be. What, what are we supposed to think there? I don't know. That's 100% Mickey's dick. I feel very. I feel like watching John Stewart hanging a medal on a Nazi right now. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? I'm going to read, but Snopes says this is false, even though we just watched it. 
But it's but Snopes. Why is it, why is it say know. it's false? Because like it Snopes is bought and paid it says for, it's bro. not doing what we're seeing. <clears throat> does this, okay, Luda Snopes say, does this Disney cartoon show Mickey Mouse inappropriately making Swiss cheese? Okay, you got to read these because they're <clears> sometimes crazy. Uh, why? Why is it false? Oh, somebody made it? The bit of animation was created in 2011. Yeah, that's what I was going to figure out. Someone <clears> might have <throat> just made this and made it okay. look old. Oh. So this bit of animation was created on the B3TA board, an internet forum that frequently features photoshopped images in March of 2011. But even without knowing the source behind the image, viewers can spot many other factors that demonstrate it was not part of an official Disney film. This is I, for one, yeah. rest easy now. Oh, maybe no, somebody's just, uh, fake. Like a recent TikTok trend. These things go fast and viral on TikTok, and no one facts checks anything. Oh, so he, it's a steamboat willy, so they, they cut out. Yeah, TikTok is really... <laughs> I didn't think it could be possible, and if I thought it was possible, the thing that was getting me, like, how do I not know this yet? No, that's what I was thinking, because yeah. The Little Mermaid, just the mere suggestion that there were dicks hidden in the background of the cover. Of was the little... there? You know, the Little Mermaid thing that there was dicks hidden. I don't even know if that's to this day if that was real or not. <laughs> do you remember the stuff that would go around when I was a kid? I don't I remember those. the little. Do you remember the Little Mermaid one? I don't know that specifically, but there's a, a it's a meme itself that there's a, a whole bunch of hidden stuff in old Disney stuff. Do you remember these misinformations? Some that of it said? looks real, and some of it is. Some like, of it could be like what this, are though, you right? About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of it could be like well, the bone. How did he make Swiss cheese? How did Mickey? So the, the whole Mickey Swiss cheese thing was fake. There was no yeah. Swiss cheese factory. That's hilarious. Wow. The, the phallus, uh, yeah, so this says the phallus purposely added the artwork for the Little Mermaid VHS cover is also not real, but I don't Aha. have to look at this. They got you, Kurt. It could be Photoshopped. They got, this could be we the didn't same have thing. any. Uh, remember this? Did you ever hear this rumor? Like, this is when I was in uh, high school, this was going around. And it was usually like church people, <clears throat> a very, like, I heard it from a sister and it chose witnesses, but I also heard it from like kids that were like evangelical. Mm. That Procter and Gamble, you know, the shampoo ma right. magnates, I guess, went on. It was Phil Donahue. I've heard other talk shows, but Phil Donahue to announce that they worship Satan and that's why they're putting a satanic symbol on the shampoo. What? Yeah, and Phil Donahue's like, Don't you think like Christians are gonna be mad? And then they go, There's not enough Christians to stop us. I heard that exact thing go around. For, and I was 17 when I heard it. It didn't sound, <laughs> yeah, it didn't sound plausible to me as a 17-year-old. Look at this. The company spent decades battling false claims that it was in league with the devil. That's, you know what that's like? It's like the Richard Gere gerbil in the ass rumor. Yeah, right. Just went across he the blamed Stallone for many years. <laughs> did you know that? No. Yeah. <laughs> he said Stallone did it? Uh, yeah, that was like, because I, I would check that news or any new. Him and Stallone were feuding? I think it's like 65 years before the government releases if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's even longer than... Did Sylvester Stallone start the rigid gear job rumor? An investigation? Oh, they investigated. Because <laughs> that's not even a thing, right? People don't actually do that. I don't know. Do they do that? I'm sure somebody I'm sure tried after the rumor, but it's... You know. Dude, my buddy Steve worked, uh, he did his residency in Miami in the 1980s during the cocaine days. So he was a, did a lot of time in the emergency room. He said, we found everything up people's asses. Oh, yeah, everything G.I. Joe home. dolls, light bulbs. They found light bulbs up a guy's ass. Oh, yeah, everything. Coke bottles, everything. Yeah, I used to have a joke about that, of humans being the only animal to sometimes stick other animals in their ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know we're superior. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to just eat you. <laughs> 
We'll use you as a suppository. Yeah, whatever. Just for shits and giggles. I ran out of things to use you for. Dan yeah. Savage says this is an unverified and persistent urban legend. Hmm. Because once people of say course. a stupid thing like that, though, someone will try it. Well, we don't think it's real. But what was the root of it? Like, who started it? But that was one of those things. Like, if you're Richard Gere and you walked into a party, like... <laughs> People would start like making I know, jokes. Did it harm his um, career? Do you think that? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it certainly harmed his reputation if people thought it was real. Wait, imagine a, a rumor that spreads across the entire country about you sticking a rat in your ass. Yeah, but no one else. I'd just be you. Upset. I might. <laughs> I might want to point fingers at Stallone. <laughs> There's no Clint Eastwood rumors of a rat in the ass. Here's what we know: Gear claims he never had a gerbil in his butt. <laughs> <laughs> imagine having to I mean, fucking, imagine having to just just having to say that they win. Stallone claims he never started the rumor, although we must now investigate his hatred for chicken mustard grease. What? What? Oh, must I missed the first part. The, it's a no one can corroborate the definitive start of the rumor nor the validity of it ever happening, and the world spins badly on. <laughs> okay, but those they wouldn't get corrected. Those things. You know, like the Procter & Gamble was so, so dumb. There's no internet. It was just word of mouth. Oh, that's so crazy. If that happens, and he, like this Balenciaga thing that I sent you, Jamie. Oh, yeah. What is that about? That's probably some gorilla, some firm, like pushing the envelope for Balenciaga. I think is it's hilarious. Because Balenciaga, you know, they're one of them, like your Coco Chanel the fascist era. Very, yeah. They're friends with Frank. The guy was friends with Franco Cristobal. Mm-hmm. Balenciaga. So- you know, their image, they're probably, they probably, they made like uh, dis- disavowed Kanye or something. Yes. And they're like a former Nazi company. Well, they disavowed Kanye and then people started, I guess, looking into them. But from Or I, maybe you know, coincidentally at the same time, all this stuff started coming out. I don't know. What I never heard of them. I, I guess it's like a, like a high up there. Like, it's never, one of those things you hear about, but I, I have no interest in purses. So I hear about Balenciaga. I'm like, okay. Is that That's what, what it is? They make purses? I've what do they seen, make? Uh, sunglasses. What do they make, Jamie? It's like high-end fancy yeah. shit. That Fashion. shit doesn't mean anything to me. Right. Yeah, I hear I about that, I'm like, okay. It's like you won a game of Go. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm sure you're smart. When I, went to, dude, when I went to China, there was, I didn't see anything that looked like communism there. I saw like almost an 80s movie, kind of hyper, like that, you know, like name brand. But there's a lot of counterfeit stuff, so I'm in a hotel. I stayed, I, I ate nothing. I, just, I had a hard time finding Chinese stuff. <laughs> like, What'd you eat? Like hotel food, yeah, very, by the way, very well done, Uh, I don't mean cooked well done, I mean good food, like it was very good, but I had, so it was like three, it wasn't that expensive at the time, it was like in uh, 2016 before the election, and they were kind of into Trump, the people that I talked to at the time, because they're like, he's a businessman, so he's good, see, it was like very like that when I was there, and uh, this girl in front of me had on this jacket with like a price tag hanging off the back, and I don't remember what. It's like something thousands of probably yuan, and uh, but hanging off the back of the jacket. To let everybody know how much it cost. It was such a big price tag. It looked like, remember Minnie Pearl from Hee Haw with the hat? (laughs) It was like that big. (laughs) And the jacket was an Ed Hardy jean jacket that was clearly not made by Ed Hardy. So it was clearly a knockoff. And when I went there, they, they used to have this cool black market around Shanghai where you could find like, I, what I wish I could have got was the uh, Nike Nike Reeboks. There's a you had sneakers that said both Nike and Reebok on them. <laughs> but that was all over with by the time I got there. But they still have entire stores over there that are Apple stores that are not really Apple stores. Oh like yeah, everything in there is counterfeit. Yeah, because I think I view IPs differently than here. 
Yeah, they don't at all. Right. They're like, tough shit. <laughs> yeah, they, it's like, I don't even understand why I wouldn't do this thing. <laughs> well, it's like <clears throat> the, the, the scooping up of intellectual information. What they do with, uh, like, that's why Huawei got banned in the United States, because they think they're yeah. using their routers to scoop up information. So if you're creating something, you're in some company. Chinese authorities shut down <clears throat> elaborate fake Apple service That is center. very elaborate, because yeah. that does not... The last story I could find, 2018, most of them were saying there's just there's a few of them around, and then this says they shut it down. Oh, they shut it down. Well, you know, it makes sense because Apple probably has a nice, tidy business deal with them over there. Dude, in L.A., I can't believe they don't shut down mm. every weed store that looks like an Apple store for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, screens. I know. Like, you this buy, is really intentional. You buy weed with a tablet on a nice oak table. Is this why the weed costs more than illegal now? <laughs> it's a lot more. Yeah, but I I'll pay. I'll pay. Just make it, look the amount of money that you s actually spend on weed, even if weed is more than it is now in comparison to alcohol, it's not even comparable. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Especially if you like to drink expensive shit, You're like Clase Azul tequila or something, or some old Scotch. That shit's really expensive. Yeah, right. For like fifty bucks. How many drinks can you get? Well, have you, you seen know how you can get it with fifty bucks? Have you seen those like thousand dollar joints? Speaking of joints, you ever see that with dollar joints? Yeah, I've, I'll see videos pop up online where it'll be like, uh, I can't remember who it was, it was some rapper, and they were showing him joints that were like forty thousand. It was crazy. What? Yeah, did you? What is you it? You don't talk about Jamie? There's yeah, a, two chains does this here. Oh, that's what it was. It was two chains. Yeah, twenty four thousand dollar joint. The most expensive. Ex expensive. That's pretty big though, actually. Oh, is it made with gold? Is it's that what it definitely is? Definitely wrapped in gold. Oh, so you're smoking gold? That's good for you, probably. <laughs> 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 for a good cause, though. He cr created that weed for a good cause. What get, was the cause? To get fucked up. I'm sure oh. they're donating And then they money, donate yeah. the money to the African Wildlife Foundation. Doesn't mm -hmm. mining the gold for the rapper probably harm wildlife more than... <laughs> well, this, is, uh, this is separate from that one. Oh. Uh, this, what is that one? Actually, the one he smoked was 50K. Oh, my God. And I don't know why. So look at this. He's going to open it up. Luxury. Those are 50K? Uh, Those see. Coronas? Maybe. What? I mean, I'm sure they explain why, but it might not make sense. Four, oh, it's four hundred twenty bucks. That's all. Twelve well, grams of flour. There's probably they build up to one that's yeah, yeah, fifty yeah. grams. I like how the the real potheads call it flour. Twelve grams of flour. Oh, I know that really. I remember being like, I'm not calling it cannabis. It used to be a thing like a guy with a ponytail would yes. say to you. And it's and now it's plant like, medicine. <laughs> it's plant medicine, man. I'm harvesting the cannabis. I'm and... getting all my flowers. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll tell you what's great about California is you, I always meet somebody, some like cool person that grows a lot. Oh, it yeah. It just hooks me up. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of good growers. <clears throat> but that's the thing about the, like the cannabis business. A lot of fucking really cool people involved in the cannabis business. Yeah. Because they're selling cannabis, so they're getting high all the time. So they're yeah. really kind of cool and <clears throat> passionate. Well, a good friend of mine, who I won't say, but back in New York, who, who ended up having a pretty good cannabis business. And there was something like he was like working with the city <clears throat> government on the down low because to see about legal, you know, they mm -hmm. work with people. New York has all those deliveries. And that delivery of weed uh, scene was like pretty surprisingly violent to me of like bicycle guys like that. What's that HBO show? Uh, high maintenance about a guy who delivers weed on his bike. Half baked was all about that. The, you know, right. the delivery. Like he had, he had to get a friend to be his bodyguard and stuff that like people get stabbed. 
And I remember going like, wow, there's all that over weed? He goes, no, it's over money. I go, oh, right. Of course. <laughs> I didn't even, it's just weed, man. That's well, you a, remember when Denver made it legal, but then they couldn't do business with credit cards? Because cre- banks didn't want to do business with them, so they had to do oh, that's, business that's in rich. cash. And then they had to take the cash, and they had to, multiple times a day, drive with the cash to the bank. So they hired, like, SEALs. And like uh, mercenaries to fucking ride with them. And these banks, by the way, were later caught taking cartel money for much worse drugs. Not, I mean, every single thing, all the Epstein. Well, they took the money, I think, they, but they wouldn't do business with credit cards. Credit card companies wouldn't do business with it. The nerve because of a credit federally, card. Yeah. I think the idea is that federally it's still illegal. I don't know. I think they've oh, maybe relaxed that, is, that wait. now. Was it, find out if you can. Wait, that probably it. makes legal sense, though, because yeah. if, if you could get busted any minute. I don't. Everywhere I've been, you, the way that if you use a card, it's still doing some weird thing where it's you're paying somebody else and then they're paying them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I bet I mean you're if, paying somebody else. They do some weird transaction where like you pay five dollars extra and they accept you t- text Folks, them the number and whatever the fuck. What are we doing? It's 2022. This is ridiculous. Just tax it. Um, in fact, I used to say that. Now I'm like, maybe let's make sure you know what you. California is, has completely fucked that up. Do you know how the illegal market is now? I guess like bigger than the legal market, which is surprising to me. Well, because it's a, it's also a misdemeanor. I had this guy um, John Norris who uh, wrote this book uh, about the. It's called Hidden War, yeah. and it's about how their cartels are growing weed on public forestry. They, they go to public forest land, like in you know the fucking California mountains and shit. Yeah, and they set up these grow ops and they grow weed and they stay there and they camp there and oh. they're using these fucking like seriously dangerous pesticides and herbicides and the shit gets in the water supply well you know uh they're also like to even go into business it the 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 way it's i think all these places when they legalize it want to have like a monopoly that's in cozy with like whatever politician is putting it through because they make it hard you have to have like half an illegal grow to support your legal grow because you have to have so many i don't know power however they measure it to legally be able to do it and it's it's made that way on purpose to make sure it's like <laughs> only like a real big money place can do it. I'm not it. exactly sure what you mean. Like what? There's a whole vice thing about it. They had something for prisoners in LA like it's like uh, you know black prisoners released from the drug war stuff where they get first dibs on getting licensed to grow. Jesus. And uh and so, I mean, if you got caught you in Imagine the, getting arrested for something and then you yeah, get first dibs I, I, on the license to grow it legally. What the fuck did you arrest me for? They should get that, by the way. I don't have any issue with that. But guess what? They can't get it. It's even fucked up for them. It's so... They just fucked it up. California stinks, dude. They they can't... <laughs> you know, I don't have like kids or a house there or anything, so I don't... No skin off my, but I don't know what the hell like... There's a lot of regulations, that's for sure. It's it, But there's so much money from that legal cannabis like how, how much good is that done i mean what is the, I'd, I'd like to know like what's the benefit what's the cost benefit for the state for having it legal like how much i mean california must make a lot of money yeah where does it all go they're taxing the shit out of it what's the annual amount of money marijuana brings in in tax 20 to 2021 fiscal year california collected about 817 million dollars <laughs> i like the, the <laughs> homeless that's a good chunk but what I, is that? I don't think that includes the local taxes, which oh. is different too. And then there's like an excise tax. I have no idea what that is. There's oh. like three taxes on it. Oh. Which is why there's a bunch of articles. I can't get past the paywall to see it right now. I'm trying to. That's saying exactly what he's saying, that the illegal market over the last year has jumped up a bunch. Because of that. 
Yeah. Because you tax yeah. the shit out of it. Well, they don't, <laughs> um, you know, the homeless. What I was getting oh. at, though, let me finish that before I forget. The reason why the cartels grow on forest land is because it's legal here. It's just a misdemeanor. Oh, so is that if, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're growing illegally, it's not like a gigantic penalty. Yeah, wow. Make sure that's true. I know that was true at one point in time, but if you're caught growing marijuana you know, illegally <laughs> in California, it's a misdemeanor. You're causing a stampede at the border right now. <laughs> I think, but I think that's, I think they're so lenient about it because it is legal to grow it in the state. And so there's some weird fucking reason why they decided to do it there. I think he said something like 90% of the yeah, illegal weed. You can grow up to six plants, but the law makes it a misdemeanor if you grow an excess of that. Yeah. So oh. that's. That's illegal cultivation of marijuana, although adults 21 and older are now permitted to grow up to six plants. So if you grow more than six plants, the law makes it a misdemeanor offense. That's it. A conviction is punishable by six months in jail. That ain't shit. Yeah. So if you're, you're making fucking bank for they, the cartel. And then they catch you and you're like, joke's on you, pal. I'm not even from here. <laughs> so he had to develop a, like a tactical force to deal with these people because they're getting shot at. So who, wait, a, who did? Who John did? Norris, this guy that, that oh, wrote yeah, that I book. Oh, yeah, I got, yeah. He signed up to be a game warden. He liked going outdoors oh, and doing really? some fishing. He'd be like, it'd be good to be a game warden. You go, you check people's licenses. How you doing, sir? Make sure everybody's up to regulation. Yeah. Good job. You're in the outdoors. Did you see a Bigfoot? And then they started finding things like creeks that were dried up. And they're like, why is this creek dried up? Well, we'll chase it down. They go up to the top of the creek thinking that like maybe a beaver did something or a, a farmer did something. And then they found these tubes that diverted all the water to this illegal grow up. Oh. And they go there and these people are using all these toxic chemicals. Right. And he, one, one of the, the guy's uh, dogs got shot. Like it's crazy shit. Like they're having gunfights with these people in the middle of the fucking forest because these just car cartel guys. Yeah, right. So they they basically developed like a tactical unit. Right. So he went from being a game warden. I'm gonna check people's fishing licenses. Yeah, right. To being a guy who's like in a shootout with a cartel in the woods. Yeah, it's really wild. Wild, and it's because it's a misdemeanor. So because it's a misdemeanor to grow a bunch of plants illegally, they just fucking grow anywhere they want. If so, <laughs> federally now, because you know that bullshit. Like uh, this is, a, I heard people. This is an important first step. That thing Biden did. That he didn't do anything. Yeah, right. This I thought it was good too, and then I looked into it. Yeah, as soon as you see nobody what it is. in jail for nobody's in federal prison for marijuana possession. Well, you don't get pulled over by the FBI and busted for simple marijuana <laughs> possession. <laughs> you haven't had that problem. <laughs> marijuana possession is not that big of a crime. It's dealers and growers that get big sentences, and they're not letting yeah. them out. It's that's the difference. The, the, first of all, it should be fucking legal. We're not babies. Why isn't it though? It's because people paying to keep it illegal. It's crazy. We should demand the legality of it. it it's a human rights issue. You should have access to it. You could demand it, all it, you want. It it has <laughs> benefits to a lot of people that use it. It's yeah. real benefits that people enjoy, and people that don't enjoy those benefits are telling you not to do it. Because if they did enjoy those benefits, they would never tell you you shouldn't do it. Oh. I think that a lot of them do. It's just they enjoy the. They've calculated what profit loss there is. That's why all the lobbyists to keep it illegal. Do you ever look up the lobbies? Hilarious. What are they? You know, it's like pharmaceutical companies, of course, mm. and uh, alcohol companies, because they're like God. we get regulated. Like they're just going to make another drug and not uh, the some police union. I think the prison private prison lobby. I've heard that. I've heard private prison guards you gotta, unions. Yeah, you got to keep them full. 
<sighs> but just why they're, are they even using lobbying? human beings in their lives like a battery to generate money? That's what it is. Yeah, there's, no there's shit. There's no reason, no reason whatsoever that you should be able to tell a person that you can get drunk, but you can't get high. Dude, that do, doesn't make any fucking sense. Do you know? Uh, <laughs> I just found this out. I mean, it makes me laugh. I mean, it's a terrible story. But you, you ever hear the the last slave legally freed in America is 1942? What? Yeah, a guy's name is Irving something or something Irving. And what? <laughs> this, it was, they use everything debt peonage. Where you know you get busted for some dumb charge like vagrancy or something for seventy five bucks, and then a guy's like, "I'll pay your fine, and you can come and work on my plantation." And they lock you up like a slave, and you can't. Whoa. So, and then, and so then they finally, I think a white guy, because then it wasn't limited to black people. If you're like a some kid was visiting down south and got caught up in it and died, I think that's why it made the papers this debt peonage thing, and their defense in court. Was no, we're not doing debt peonage. We're uh, we have slaves. Oh my! And so they God. couldn't prosecute them, and they didn't stop it until like 1942 after Pearl Harbor because the Japanese and this is in the newspapers. The Japanese were using it as propaganda that Whoa. we still have slaves. Yeah, I, it's just like a hilarious like <laughs> to use that as your defense, and that's how you get out of it. That's an amazing. So you could go when a person was locked up and offered to buy them out. It's how they, you know, and they, they would kept have to it work going. it off. You, you always hear about like slavery, but they, but and they Jim would be Crow. able to decide how much you got paid. All they, that's how we got all these like we're talking about. Where, where is there a quota? That all this shit grew out of that. You know, is like and and some of these places, it's all inertia. You know, like in Texas, I don't know how big. It might, maybe it's news, bigger news in the state. But I was trying to figure out because I was like, if all this like prison labor, if you think like illegal immigration is lowering wages, like I bet. All the prison labor lowers wages a lot, right? <laughs> so I go to look it up, and then here in Texas, it's not even profitable. When they have people p- picking cotton, like, all, and it's not even better than just doing it, <laughs> not having that. But they've just had it for so long. It's just so like they momentum. have slaves pick cotton here. Well, it's all in, uh, so in Texas, if I'm saying it's right. So the, you know, it's in the Thirteenth Amendment. All like state property. When you're a prisoner, you're a slave. That's like written into. Well, I know they can use you for wildfires, right? But slave means your property, right? That's what it means. It's not like you had to work for a low wage. Your, your prop, state property. That's what you're called as a prisoner, and that's what was. That's why they may had the amendment to free the slaves, and but that's in there still. But do they like? Here's the thing: when when it comes to things like fighting wildfires, do they have any say whether or not they fight a wildfire? Because you know they they use. I them think they have say, cheap labor. But, so do you yeah. think they get to choose whether or not they do it? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, if, if I'm in prison and but wasn't I probably that would want to get things, out of it. That's one of the things that Tulsi Gabbard during that big debate moment with Kamala Harris. She's, you had those guys on talking her. about that. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. She can't, she doesn't want to disrupt the prison labor so she doesn't release <laughs> the federal government says you got to release these people. Well, she used them to fight wildfires. But the thing is, it's like, what does that mean? Do you give them an option? Do Do you just tell them they have to fight a wildfire no matter what? Prisoners who want to enter the conservation camp program must meet security requirements and undergo two weeks of training. The all-inmate crews live in so-called fire camps and are led by personal personnel from the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, or CAL FIRE. They earn between $2.90 and $5 a day. <laughs> 
Boy, depending bet, on their dues. That's insane. I bet and they got slightly <laughs> more when actively fighting a fire. Slightly oh. more. I'm going to give you a bump. To There's some upsell potential. Three ten yeah. and five twenty when uh, fighting a fire. Though their numbers have fluctuated over the years, they have often compromised approximately one third of California's firefighting force. That's a lot. So, <clears throat> so to put it on uh, in. A positive spin. <laughs> yeah. Is it possible that it's one of those things, like if you're a specialist in times of war and they need to to make you work, they need to, to, to redraft you. We well, need you for this very specific thing. You signed thing. up to be property. If, if you signed up to be a part of this crew and you were trained and then a wildfire, wildfire broke out, maybe it was part of the agreement when you signed up that if some shit hit the fan, they were allowed to keep you longer because you were very difficult to train. But if oh, you sure. signed up for this program, it would lead to you maybe getting paroled or earlier. Yeah, I've seen Something the I've seen lines. the Dirty Dozen. I know how. <laughs> I know how that. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just. Yeah, you like, could also looking... sign up for medical experimentation. Britain sucks. Yeah. Like I, I bet I would like go fight a forest fire if I was in the well, California penal system. If you system. had to choose between experimental medications and fighting a forest fire, dude, maybe the forest fire because. <laughs> And I love, uh, <laughs> I've experimented with many medications. Yeah, but, but on your own free will. Yeah, and, and if they're like, hey, okay, we don't want to use it, like, lab rats aren't enough, but we can't use right. it on the people that aren't owned by this state, we're going to see prisoners first. That's Those are the ones you probably never want to be in the test for. Right. The ones they take to prisoners, is right. my guess. Yeah. The, let's it like... It's not great when you see their process with non-prisoners <laughs> testing. No. I bet it's it's really not good when they could do whatever they want, you know? Especially if you're a piece of shit. I mean, that's the premise you know, of so like many horror you, movies. You got a bunch of fucking murderers yeah. sitting around. Bunch yeah. of horrible people, thieves. And plus, I imagine, like, our amazing system really, really improves. Yeah. yeah if you got a guy who's, like, killed a bunch of women... You would, why wouldn't you practice some shit on him? One, yeah, once it's you get okay. some serial killer guy in there. Give him the fucking see what happens. A full dose. Uh, it's a premise. A lot of video games and uh, very good really? movies. Yeah, really. Yeah, Manhunt. Remember that Rockstar game, Manhunt. Well, you know that whole CIA connection to uh, Charles Manson happened when he was in prison. Did you see? Oh. Who's the guy who played Machete? Uh, Danny Trejo, that actor? No. But you know who he is, yeah, right? Yeah, sure, sure. I saw him telling a story about being in the joint with Charles Manson. <laughs> he said that he was like this little ratty guy that had like a rope for a belt, but he could hypnotize you to feel like you were on heroin. But the only thing is you had to have done heroin before. So his one friend, it wouldn't work on him, but him and his buddy, he said he guy hypnotized him and they were on, they threw up and got high. Whoa. I thought, and I, I happen to see you have that author on here and then saw that Danny show. I was like, that's a weird story. He could hypnotize you to feel like you were high on heroin. This well, before all that stuff. Tom O'Neill, who wrote the book Chaos, which is a fucking amazing book all about this. He went deep down the rabbit hole for 20 years writing this book. It's meticulously researched. Yeah, right. I saw that interview. The, the CIA 100% did these drug experiments for people in the 1960s. It was the no. 1950s as well. When did it start? But they did it. It's like documented. Well, it was good of them to come forward, admit to it, and move on from there. They did these <laughs> things where they would uh, dose Johns and brothels. So these guys would go to a whorehouse looking to hook up with some ladies. That's a psychedelic, uh, what's it called again? MK Ultra. Is that what yeah, that is? Yeah, 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 same thing. Uh, Manson uh, was 
first talked the group into thinking they were smoking weed and then heroin. By the time he described it oh. hitting my bloodstream, I felt the warmth flowing through my body, Trejo remembers. If that white boy wasn't a career criminal, he could have been a professional hypnotist. That's wild, dude. So he hypnotized them into feeling like they were doing heroin. Have you ever been hypnotized? But no, yeah, yeah, I have been. I think the, they probably taught him how to do that. And I think that was part of the, this was part of the, what the book doesn't, it doesn't say for a fact this is what they did. But what it does is point a lot of evidence to the fact that this guy, who was the head of MK Ultra, Jolly West, definitely visited Manson in prison. Manson had access to LSD. When he would get arrested, he would get released. They would say it was above their pay grade. All points indicate that oh, he was that like classic, taught. Uh, yeah. He was taught how to take these people and, and lead them. And that he was taught how to do it with LSD. Yeah. And that he was supplied LSD. And that was creepy he, him talking yeah, about that. It's crazy. Because <laughs> once you know that they definitely did experiments on people with LSD, they 100% did that. So then you got to go, well, how many people and what was the extent of this stuff? Like, when did they end this? Like, how much did it affect of culture? How much did it affect of, of people going fucking nuts and jumping off buildings? Like, what, what exactly happened? <laughs> did, the, did you ever see the thing about the gay bomb from what was the 90s? That? It was a... <laughs> Was, oh, I that's right. That's right. They were they were thinking of like coming up with a bomb that they could drop on a city and make everybody gay. Uh, uh, yeah, it sounds so crazy, <laughs> but it is a real thing. That was yeah. That's what it that is. Was, in 1994, the U.S. military actually considered building a gay bomb. <laughs> it was to debilitate. This, this could be a great South Park movie. Well, I mean, you just told me in the beginning is about a guy that successfully sued because he became gay and gambly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, why? So we know it's possible to do this. <laughs> Researchers at the Wright Laboratory in Ohio, a predecessor to, day, to today's United States Air Force Research Laboratory, began exploring some alternative options. What existed, they asked, they asked that would distract or delude a soldier long enough to mount an attack without causing the soldier any bodily harm. The answer seemed obvious: sex. But how could the Air Force make that work to their advantage? In an act of brilliance or insanity, they came up with the perfect plan. Wait, is that so really the perfect true? Plan. <laughs> All soldiers' one weakness is. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, pheromones. Okay, they put together a three-page proposal in which they detailed their $7.5 million invention, the gay bomb. The gay bomb would be a cloud of gas that would discharge over enemy camps that contained a chemical that would cause enemy soldiers to become gay and to have their units break down because all their soldiers became irresistibly attractive to one another. <laughs> Dude, that would be a great series, like a like somebody you're secret and you you get to use all the failed That's... like you have a gay bomb like you have access to all like this kind of embarrassing things that they worked on. But how funny is the way they look at gay people? They think that if everybody just became gay, they, they would stop. just totally be distracted about this whole war thing well, so and just want to fuck. They didn't start with gay. They go, what's the way to distract soldiers? And they're like, sex. So are you telling me all soldiers could just be distracted by sex at any moment? Even in the middle of a firefight. In the middle of a firefight. Psst, psst. I just thought Someone they were so alleyway. focused. Come here. <laughs> Very strong. 
<laughs> is that how we lost Vietnam? <laughs> uh, among the more comical ideas was a bomb titled Who Me, which simulated flatulence among the ranks, hopefully distracting the soldiers with terrible smells long enough for the U.S. to attack. <laughs> <laughs> a fart bomb. Oh, this is the idea like. was scrapped almost immediately. However, after researchers pointed out that some people throughout the world don't find the smell of flatulence oh my particularly God. offensive, that's racist. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. So they they didn't get to work making this. These were they were just, <laughs> these were they were just yeah. blue sky in this they, thing. They had a couple <laughs> of this is this is like what a sketch show. A gay bomb. <laughs> yeah. They wanted this a bomb is, to make uh, wasps. Sting people until they would stop on wasps. Uh, wow, make their skin suddenly and un unbelievably <laughs> sensitive. Who's to the I, sun? dude? With the, who was the guy that wrote for Hollywood Squares for Whoopi? And he's like a real famous guy. And he's got like big like Sesame Street monster hair. Bruce Valanche. Yeah, did, like did Bruce Valanche come, <laughs> come up with their secret weapons? Someone I read something about wasps that um, that inject. Their larvae into other creatures. Yeah, they like you know create like a what would that call like an alien sort of yeah. infestation thing. There's more of them than there are every other kind of insect. What well, is a great idea? The female wasp injects the caterpillar with her eggs and a virus, which shuts down the caterpillar's ability to defend itself against these intruders. The wasp larvae deposited into the caterpillar's body begin to grow beneath the surface, snacking on the caterpillar innards. It's wild to watch. It comes with a virus. They, they do, there's a shit ton of different wasps that do this kind of thing. So the virus is so your bo the body doesn't reject like, like I, the... Uh... I guess. They turn other ants into zombies, yeah, right. saving millions of humans along the way. Oh, I didn't what? know about that. What? Scroll, uh, scroll back up to the top again. A trailer to aliens. Turns other insects into zombies. But it says it saves our. It saved our lives. Is this like another just PR from Big Wasp? <laughs> <laughs> I just. I, that's what I think everything is now. But what this article was talking about, or was it a video? It might have been a video I was watching where they were talking about how the sheer number of different parasitic wasps is insane. There's like a hundred different ones. Really? That inject, yeah, there's some that do it into the wood. Like there's larvae that go like into the crevices of wood. So they have these long <laughs> ass pointers is this that like, go uh, down in there and inject them inside the wood. There's a wood wasp. Is this like what Harvey Weinstein did to that plant? <laughs> 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 was that part of nature and we put a stop to it? <laughs> Pull up the, the wood wasp. Check this thing out. Because didn't his penis fall off, much like a wasp sting? Well, well, he's got like that crazy gangrene of the dick thing. I thought he... It's like a diabetic sort of gangrene I didn't gangrene even know that was it. Boy, if you wanted to scare people straight from Ooh. diabetes, you should mention the, your dick falling off. So look at that thing it's got at the end of it. Yeah. And it shoves that into like these cracks where these larvae are inside of these uh, trees. And yeah, right. it injects them. That's Harvey, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure I'm not fucking that no, up. That's right. It's called a horntail or a wood wasp. And does it say what they're injecting themselves into? So there's like a bunch of different wasps that do this type of shit. Uh, yeah, drills her ovipositor. Her dick. That's what the alien. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call my dick from now on. Ovipositor. <laughs> I call it. <laughs> 
Uh, that's, what, that's what Zuckerberg calls his dick. My overpositor. Overpositor to the rescue. <laughs> Nearly three quarters of an inch into the whoa, three quarters of an inch of a weakened or dying tree and lays one to seven of her eggs. At the same time, she squirts in a fungus from her abdominal gland. She continues this process, laying up to two hundred eggs each. Okay, so this is different. So this is not. Um, this is her larva. She's just, just, she's just shooting it into the wood and then putting this fungus on them. That, this is not a uh, that alien softer wood. It's still a, just oh, it's a parasite, bark. isn't it? Yeah. Even if it's against wood. Yeah, but it's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking yeah. of there's a bunch of different the aliens that, one that yeah that inject their uh, larva into other creatures and make their they paralyze the creature and then the body just swarms with these little larvae. Oh, you just reminded me of something. It's a shitload of them like that. The caterpillar thing, it said it saved human lives because it would it helps with agriculture and growing stuff. Mm. Stopping the <laughs> okay. caterpillars from eating. How many lives? Save four. It said 20 million. I, that's why 20 it, million? Yeah. Oh, because caterpillars would eat that many crops? Yeah. I Actually, guess. makes sense. Right here. And then if 20 million lives. Wow. Like well, I said, did a wasp write this? <laughs> this effort. Oh, so the, what they do? They dropped them? Look at this. After rearing the wasp and gathering funding, Heron brought planes and coordinated strategic airdrops and ground release of wasp cocoons to areas affected by the mealybug. For those locations, the wasp populations grew and spread on their own, reducing the mealybug population to manageable levels for years. Wow, that's a fucking science experiment. When did this happen? 1995. Wow. I always Back hear about these before things. Before the internet. They could just do shit It always like feels that. like the end of Watchmen where he's like, I already did the thing like two hours ago. Like, <laughs> What happened to murder hornets? When we're supposed to be scared of murder hornets? I never. What is this one doing? So here's another one. what you were saying. They've got the fattest ovipositors, those ones. They just inject them with their stuff. Do you know what this is reminding me of that I want to bring up? What? Look at all those larvae popping out of its body. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Look at this. It's just injecting its offspring into this thing's body. Who's the British guy that narrates this? David Attenborough. Yeah, it, with David Attenborough's sexy voice. Let's hear voice. his voice. Go back to where it's like... Not with paralyzing poison, but with eggs. Yes. <laughs> what a perfect voice. So that must be the most horrifying part nature. of being those caterpillars, is hearing David Attenborough <laughs> <laughs> just casually narrate your How you painful... How you demise? <laughs> hey, can you... <laughs> Thanks, dude. Can you help? No? Okay. <laughs> Attenborough was the first guy to get, um, to put on television, at least, footage of chimps eating monkeys. Yeah. There's, Do I, you remember that? I, I never saw it, but oh, I dude. think it's amazing all the things about uh, animals that have been covered up, <laughs> covered up over the years. More than any like UFO would be covered up. <sighs> the hiding of like things monkeys were into. <laughs> like oh, we can't boy. let the public know. Like if you think of, like I remember PBS, I think of all the gay animals that you ever heard about because when they first cataloged them, they didn't want to say like, oh, don't mention that or like dolphin thing. <laughs> right, there's got to be a percentage of monkeys that are gay, right? Um, I think uh, all of the bonobo chimpanzees, they're all homosexual. I, I wouldn't even put it in gay terms. They just they just see it. You know, uh, uh, every every problem looks like a nail to a yeah. hammer. <laughs> I think they just, they just look at it like that. They just have orgies. They're the the weirdest chimp, right? Ew. So this is uh, that's a baboon eating a deer. Yeah, I was trying to find the one where they, 
uh, they caught a bird in their cage at the zoo. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is this a deer in the zoo or is this this in the wild? This is probably in the wild. Oh, man. Nature's Metal is a hardcore account. And it's a lot of that. Like, really, like, whoa. There was these one hyenas that were, like, eating this antelope as it was standing there. Yeah. They're pulling just chunks out of its its guts. There's a giant hole missing. Oh, my God. They're chewing its innards out. It's just standing there, paralyzed in pain and fear. Yeah, so I, I like the ones where like a dog and turtle are friends. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like they just hang out. Those are cute. Yeah, this look oh. at this one. That's a wildebeest. They're just eating it alive, just tearing it apart while it's alive. It's just laying there, and they're just eating its organs. Dude, I've never. Oof. I could I could never watch this or uh, Bros. <laughs> <laughs> You're the reason why you Bros Annie, wasn't successful, dude. Annie had comedy shows like, oh, you. Get, she told me I got to see it, and I because I didn't know what it was. So I'm like, I don't think she was breaking my balls. If she was breaking, that was pretty funny of her. I'm like, why would I? Do you know what it is? I just know the tagline. It's a, it's a gay romantic comedy for straight men. It's a gay romantic comedy for straight men. Which, That'd be a funny thing to say. Well, that's I, a good way to sell it. I've been bringing this up a lot. I brought it up at the Creek everywhere. One. I'm straight, so I don't even want to see straight romance. That's a little too gay for me. <laughs> and two, <laughs> we already have a straight romantic, a gay romantic comedy for straight men called Fight Club that we're all very happy with. Because I know you had that guy on, right? But Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah, yeah. He, I've had him on a couple times. He's a fascinating dude. Really interesting guy, man. Well, I mean, he made the the successful because that's what that is. That movie, like, it's like, his his writing though. Like, you should read some of his stuff. He says the he movie's have, better than the book himself, right? Does he like? I thought. Yeah, he no, he loved the movie. The movie was good. But I'm I really saying he, the movie. it's not just Fight Club. I'm saying. I'm saying some of his other stuff. He wrote a, a series of horror stories, and one of them is about. I think it's a little girl who turns into a werewolf on a plane. Yeah, and it's fucking wild. I remember a book came out of his that at the time. It's like when I was getting out of... Make sure that's him who wrote that. When I was getting out of Art Institute, that people were like throwing up at the readings of some... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been asked to leave uh, these writers' groups because his stuff was too disturbing. And he talked yeah. about that. You know, he talked about like you, you have to be free to make disturbing things. Otherwise, like, how do you know? How do you know what you're doing? How do you... You've got to be free to express yourself. And, um, and some of it's not pretty. And some of the stuff that's not pretty is fucking fascinating to people, especially if <laughs> Sometimes it's... you got to graphically describe someone's asshole being sucked out of a <laughs> jet engine. <laughs> I just got to say it. <laughs> Listen, that is how it would go. You have your asshole near the jet engine. It just pulls it right out of your body and yeah. wraps it up in a spiral. They should warn people about it. Haunted. That's it. Yeah. That's so is, uh, which one is it? Uh, which story is it? There's one of the stories where there's a like 13 year old girl. Yeah. Don't. There. Nope. No. Can't find it. Uh, Damn, there's a lot of stories in there. I know. It's a lot of chapters. Each each chapter is a a a short story. Oh, there There you go. go. Dissertation. The missing link is uh, a Chula Indian on a date with a graduate student who's doing her dissertation on Sasquatches. An associated phenomena. She believes that a recent plane crash was caused by a 13-year-old Chula Indian girl who transformed as if a werewolf aboard the plane and caused the crash. She relates her theory to Missing Link, who tells her the girl in question was his sister. 
Yeah. Uh, Sasquatch. You know what I, when you were telling me that cartel thing, do you think a bunch of these Sasquatch sightings, <laughs> it was like a Scooby-Doo, they dressed as a Sasquatch to it's scare? funny that you say that because there's actually a documentary called Sasquatch. And it's about a Sasquatch killing these guys who are doing the exact same thing we're talking about. Grow ops. Oh, really? In, yeah, in the Humboldt area, in the mountains up there. Yeah. And they bl they murdered these guys, these cartel guys, and blamed it on Sasquatch. Oh, yeah, because that... Yeah. It's a good fucking documentary. It's a, like a series. Oh, I didn't ever heard of this. Yeah, it's on Hulu. It's uh, that a multi-piece like great... series. Is it on Netflix as well? <clears throat> but uh, it was really good, and I had the guy in and talked to him. Really fucking interesting dude. What was his name again, Jamie? Um, but it was a, it was a movie about that, about how it became very violent when that whole area became known as growing weed. Yeah. David Holthouse, very interesting guy. I really, really enjoyed the the whole series. Got a ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's really interesting because it's like the whole thing changed from this like hippie thing to everyone's armed. Yeah, right. And you're getting people are getting killed. There's like drug wars going yeah, on. Yeah, right. But you're already invested in the land. This is your business. Yeah. You're not gonna let people take it from you. <laughs> and then everything escalates. And then you have fucking shootouts up there. This sounds like how the Scooby Gang explains the fake Sasquatch. <laughs> like that's how, they would have got away with it. <laughs> I think at one point in time there was a Sasquatch, and I think it's proven. There's a thing called Gigantopithecus, and they think that at one point in time, people probably lived alongside those things. And that's probably the, this sort of myth that goes through all these different cultures. Well, I think at one the, point in time, there probably was a thing like that. When they discovered hobbits, mm -hmm. sure, hobbits, and they, I guess they were yeah. little three-foot-tall people. Yeah, the island of Flores. Yeah, I talked to a gentleman um, this past weekend in Hawaii who was explaining to me how they had a similar thing in Hawaii. It was like these two-foot-tall, little, uh, hairy people. If you think about that they whole did? area... <clears throat> yeah, it's part of the myths and cultures. Myths of their culture, rather. And I don't want to say myths, I should say legend. Because it probably was real. At one point in time, somebody probably encountered this little thing that we know for sure existed alongside people. Yeah. And it existed on the island of Flores, and they think it existed in other places. They called it the Orang Pendek. There's like different names for it in Did different parts of the world. But now that we know it was really a thing, yeah. all those stories about people seeing them back yeah, in right. the day were probably real. Do you think, Do you? because I thought the Flores ones, they hunted like little elephants, <laughs> something adorable. <laughs> I swear to God. Well, there's a thing called it. island dwarfism. Yeah, that, island yeah. dwarfism. Yeah, when you do have like small elephants who live on an island. Yeah, they would have the team of them would yeah. take down a tiny elephant. That's the sweetest. <laughs> it, sweetest little fact, murder. You know that that wildebeest thing you yeah. showed me? If they were little ones, that would be adorable. Dude, you know how wild that would be to watch? Chibi animals going down. Because <laughs> they, if they were using tools and, and weapons, yeah. they were hunting things. How wild that would be to watch them. How, how First of all, how fast do you think they were? Who the chasing the two oh. foot tall people? Well, the thing is, it's just scaled down, so they don't have to be fast. They just have to have longer endurance, right? Yeah, but they're the living in the jungle, dude. Yeah. They got to be fast. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I'm sure it's sped up. <laughs> Comically, is how I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> like a monkey. I imagine Benny right? Hill, Benny Hill music in the background. <laughs> I wonder, like, what a human. If you went back to the original human, like the earliest version of the anatomically like current human being. Whatever that was, where it's 500, 700,000 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. 
I would love to see what that dude looked like when he walked around. Like, what what was that like? What did they do? Like, what what was a day in the life of one of those? Imagine following one of those guys. Yeah. Imagine being in a, a time machine where you could just exist in a bubble that no one could see, and you could follow around some dude living 900,000 years ago. How fucking wild would that be just to imagine that this guy just figuring out you could bang rocks into the shape yeah, of a right. tool, that this guy <clears throat> is one day going to pilot an airplane, that this guy's... I bet it. It's a lot like uh, you ever watch like Alaska Wilderness People, and you're. And if it's not a reality show, they're clipping it together. It's probably real dull. You ever see reality right, shows right, made? Right. It's just hours of. So you'd spend hours watching everything, but you'd want someone to aggregate the interesting parts to you. Look at this. Peter claims these ancient ancestors of ours could theoretically reach sprinting speeds of up to 28 miles wow, an hour. Wow, that seems fast. It's not known what speeds the likes of Usain Bolt's. Johan Blake or Tyson Gray could reach if they were being chased in fear of their lives. Good point. How fast do can they run, by the way, Usain Bolt? Uh, about what? 23 is what this says. Uh, mm. Suggests a group of humans are capable of running up to 23. Yeah, he, <coughs> this guy found some uh, footprints in Australia and used those as... Mm. Didn't they find some footprints that they just discovered like way older than they thought in Spain? I think they found some in America. They found some footprints in it. Yeah, they they definitely found some in Spain, but they found some in America that takes our um, idea of when human beings were here way, 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 way back. Yeah, right. Like way further than they thought it was, like way earlier than eleven thousand years ago. Well, just the whole idea that was other. Here like... it is. Yeah, it's not as old as they thought. It's thousands of years later, but it's still really fucking old. Oh, this is in North so America. So, wh what does it say there? What does the top say? It says the discovery of the oldest human footprints in North America thrilled researchers. It turns out they may not be so old. So, what was what did they think they were, and what are they? Okay, so the results implied the footprints were that were left behind between 22,800 years ago and 21,130 years ago. Previously, the earliest known humans uh, beings in North America were dated between 14,000 and 16,000 oh, years. Wow. If true, the conclusion could upend all manner of assumptions in the field. The team published its findings in Science last year. This is a bombshell. Ruth Grun, uh, an academic archaeologist not involved in the study, observed it's very hard to disprove. And so then what happened that went bad? What's the difference? Okay, radiocarbon dating on... Go, go back up a little bit. Radiocarbon dating on ancient grass seeds found in the footprints determined they were made between 23,000 years ago. So what is, what's incorrect about it? It's still really fucking old. What's it saying there? Hmm... I don't know what they're saying, because yeah. the, it doesn't seem like they're saying why they think it's not as old. Yeah, well, I, at the very, very, <clears> it just said it moved it by a thousand years. Oh, so it went from twenty-three to twenty-two thousand. I guess that's right. Still old as fuck. Yeah, it's like a lot older than they used to think it was. So oh, okay, so it was twenty-two thousand to twenty-one thousand. Okay, so they pushed it back a thousand years. A lot of stuff's based on dates that are like way. Do you ever way see older. the? You know, when they get it right with, like, a dinosaur skeleton, I mean, as far as you know, mm -hmm. how, like, off it is. Somebody did a cool thing where they showed if, like, you found horse bones, like, what, the way we draw the dinosaurs, what it would look like. It looks crazy because it's always too tight on the skeleton, you know? There's not enough, like, meat built on it when, mm. in most of the conceptions. Right. We have no idea what they, act like, imagine what a T-Rex actually looks like. I like to look for the updates of, like, what they, 
you know, because even they had a good like dinosaur show I liked at the time on uh, Discovery or something. But even those are all like. They, well, they don't have feathers either. They think you know, a lot of them had feathers now. But not T-Rex is the last I heard on. Really? That's the last thing that I heard looking it up. But that they was don't like, think he had feathers? No, and it's because there's a patch of the skin pressed up on something where you can see it's not. Oh. Is that it? I just was looking up some article. This is kind of recent. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I don't know if this was a T-Rex they found specifically. So it says, hard to imagine this animal died 76 million years ago. It's been perfectly preserved since, uh, since then and just happened to be starting to erode out of this cliff when we were walking by. Wow. That's fucking nuts. Because you've really only seen a fraction of all the stuff that there was, because right? Because fossil, fossils are kind of rare. Look at that. So these guys are seeing this stuff erode, yeah. and then they find it there. Yep. How much more? Yeah. How much more of that is there? That's what's nuts. Like, what what percentage of the fossil record d d is really accurate in terms of like um, how many species are out there that haven't There's, been discovered? It's like a fraction of what it is. Like, I wonder, like, what other yeah, like what other dinosaurs existed that they haven't found a body yet? Because a lot, you know, only the animals that have bones like that that can be preserved are gonna. Right, preserved. and they have to be caught up in like a landslide or some shit, right? Yeah, it's real specific. That's why, because yeah. you always say it's like real, a rare process, fossilization, yeah. but then you read these stories when they first found them, and they have dinosaur bone wars, and <laughs> <laughs> they're just like blowing them up in war. Like, well, you know, dudes were faking it too. Guys were faking dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah there were some people that faked dinosaurs back in the day. Yeah, how they put them together wrong and all kinds yeah. of hilarious things. There's a whole thing about the first two guys that found dinosaur bones and figured out you imagine being the first guy to find something that indicates there was giant lizards roaming the earth? What is this? Yeah. Dinosaurs that found a T-Rex and a Triceratops locked in a battle. Wow. <clears throat> so they are probably fighting to the death and got caught up in a landslide. Weighs 14 tons. Holy Wait. shit. You got to be trained, too, because that just looks like someone stepped on a bug to me. That... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, you guys. Look at the ribs, man. Look at that. That's fucking wild. It also shows you how not... Indiana Jones <laughs> archaeology is where you just it's just you gently brushing some dust yeah. to get not very slowly in that case yeah to try to find these ancient dead creatures like a bull a bullwhip never comes into it <laughs> <laughs> no need for a satchel <laughs> well slow down <laughs> just yeah he's got an IWC pilot's watch on <laughs> yeah it's a uh, that whole uh, way of uh, like discovering things that used to exist is so crazy if you think about it that way that it has to die in a very specific way to make a fossil. There's that one dinosaur that they had in one of the Jurassic Park movies that fights a T-Rex and they just figured out it totally... They just made one up, right? It, well, that giant there was, thing? Yeah. The raptor is a little made up. No, well, the raptor, <laughs> but... The kind of little. There's right. another yeah, one. The way that they did in the movie, yeah. They kind of there's another bigger. one like a a kind of to fight with the T-Rex dinosaur I'm forgetting what his name is but at the, they just discovered probably it was aquatic and not how they have it uh, in the in the movie it was like right after that and one of the skeletons got blown up in World War II that was like the the really good skeleton and then I don't know if they found another one or something but that's why they didn't know because it got blown up in the war oh really yeah there was a house that was for sale in Malibu, this crazy fuck. No, not in Malibu, in Beverly Hills, this crazy fucking house. Yeah. And it had a raptor skeleton included in was the purchase. Was that that debacle, $300 million one? No, 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 it wasn't that crazy. But it was crazy, though, but it was like $30 million crazy. But one of the million and the $30 million was a dinosaur. 
I mean, it, they had a fucking raptor. You know how dope that would be? Come over to my house. Oh, yeah, there's a dinosaur. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Look at that thing. I'll tell you what, I, it's more respectable Look than a $50,000 blunt. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. I, but I think that's a million dollars. Remember Chappelle's show where Look he he had uh, cribs where he's like, he, he sprinkled, he has Tyrannosaur eggs. <laughs> 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 he sprinkles diamonds in it because it makes his dookie twinkle. <laughs> <laughs> it was big, oh, it smells wild. <sighs> Should you be allowed to own a dinosaur? Like, can you sell a dinosaur? Like, how much would it cost to buy a dinosaur? Why guys, not? They found some bones, a giant, in a in a guy's backyard. Like, would you, should you be able to keep that? That's a good question. Listen, is that yours? I don't know if you know, but you could still buy and sell people. <laughs> like, <laughs> why yeah, the hell not? Go to YouTube and look what's going on in Libya. That's what that was all. Yeah. You're welcome, Libya, by the way. We came. We saw. He asked her about that, by the way, in the Jon Stewart thing. Really? With Libya. I, it's unreal what they're saying. Like, oh, do you just let them kill their own people? They had this highest standard of living in Africa before we helped out. <laughs> now it's a failed state. Yeah, now yeah. It's, it's, oh, they have slave markets. That's, what, we, that's yeah. what our... Open slave markets that you could watch on YouTube. And like, oh, there's no infrastructure. That's the problem. Yeah, but there was an infrastructure. They <laughs> they destroyed it. But when you have brutal war after brutal war, and you have areas of this this world where they've been under the control of dictators, and then you just get rid of that dictator, you have all these people that have been living in this brutal scenario with these totalitarian governments and executions yeah. and military and. Right. And, then, and then another powerhouse just comes in, takes over. It's like prison gangs taking yeah. over. But yeah. but his thing was, I remember, this is a thing I remember that just creep. There was a moment during the war on terror that I remember they were kind of rehabbing his image because he would go on the news and, and he was saying, like, we need to stop this Islamic terror. He was saying that and he was he came to America in his big tent. Everybody talked about it. And he had his, like, those uh, Ukrainian or whatever all-female guard. Remember all this stuff about him mm. when he came in? He was going to go off the Pedro dollar, which I never even heard of until a couple of years ago. And that's when he had to go because they had built him up like he's, he, hey, you know, he's like an elder statesman and has learned. And the next thing you know, it's a, a bayonet rape. Dude, the way they killed him, when you see that video, the sheer animalistic terror in his eyes, it's like a scene in a movie. It's like, it's so stunning to see. A guy who is a dictator getting captured by rebels and murdered right in front of you. Well, whenever when they you shove hear, that bayonet up his ass and he doesn't even blink. I mean, well, it was probably in shock. He was 100% in shock. But the fact that guy just shoves it up his ass and he's just sitting there. He's thinking, I should have stayed on that petrodollar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> First thing he was thinking. He, I take Remember the story? Because I remember I saw a movie, a documentary called The Mad Dog Killer. And I remember seeing one about Saddam Hussein when I was younger that, not that I was a fan of Saddam Hussein, but it was like there's one part where they're talking about his kids, you know. Oh, and they, murderous sons. And even his daughter once said to a cl classmate, I want to tear the teacher's vagina out. And then they show his daughter. She's like, I don't know, nine in this thing. She's dancing and they put it in slow-mo. So she's like, eh. <laughs> like, is this a smear job? <laughs> As a guy who's not into Saddam Hussein, it seemed a little bit much. But also probably accurate. You know what the Suns did, right? Uh, well, that the devil's double. Killers. That devil's double thing. That guy might be completely full of shit, and I think probably is. You what know is the, that? That whole double. story about he had to get surgery to look like Uday. 
Oh, I did hear about that. Yeah, I don't, that's I don't another... know, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking oh. about what they used to do. What Uday and uh, his brother Kuse used to do. They used to kidnap women on their wedding day and feed them to their dogs. They'd rape them yeah, and I, feed them to their dogs. I, I mean, they did horrific shit. I, I have no. Here's why it's easy, like, especially when you, it's time. You know, also, Saddam was given the key to the city of Dearborn, Michigan when I was young, back when was we he? Like, Yeah, when we liked him, when he fought Iran. So. I bet they did all kinds of crazy stuff and we liked them. And all of a sudden, now that we don't like you, now it's a problem that you do this. Is that because there is no, I mean. That's what's scary, dude, is that how much of the world is under the thumb of a dictator like that? Most of it, as long as you do business with us how we want you to, you're, you're good, man. That's all you got to do. And then that's like Gaddafi. That's when it becomes a problem. Like, I think that was for France, actually, because some rebels had promised oil. A bunch of his money went is all went to France. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Do you know in Haiti now? Like, you know, we killed their president. <laughs> that was news briefly. Who killed their president? I think we did. did uh, are you unsubstantiated allegations on this nationally syndicated program? Well, I saw it on Breaking Points. Oh, initially, what did they say? They said if something funny was going on, and then never talked about it again. But did they say that we actually executed them? The guy when they what happened? I don't. I'm ignorant to the story. Okay, I there's need to know, you're you're acting as if this is something that everybody knows about. You don't know about, do you? No. Oh, dude. So so what happened? So one of the guys that got caught. You know, they caught the shooters. Okay. Haiti president's okay, assassination. We what we know so far. I wasn't cutting into, just showing you the stuff. Um. So when was he assassinated? Uh, January of this year. Uh, okay. The guy, the, the mercenary? Okay. private residence in the oh, in capital. Port-au-Prince. Oh, last year. Last Plunged yeah. the country already suffering. Where, where does it say? How was he killed? Um, he was shot dead inside his home in the Perlin 5 neighborhood in the hills above Port-au-Prince at 0100 local time on 7 July 2021. According to police, the president was shot 12 times. And had bullet wounds to his forehead and several to his torso. His left eye had been gouged out, and bones in his arm and his ankle had been broken, according to one of the judges conducting the investigation. He died at the scene. It was found laying on the floor on his back, his shirt soaked in blood. The first lady, Martine Moise, Moise was also shot but survived. Wait, where's the guy? But the thing is, the mercenaries, the guy is recorded saying, like, that's the thing to find. That's what I first saw was that recording, which I saw in Breaking Points. Uh, now, what recording? One of the one of the killers was speaking in English and saying like, I, I don't even want to quote it. Cause you could probably find it. Well, we'll find it. Let's find yeah. it. That's crazy. So that's why I first heard about it. So I didn't know Haiti. Did you know this? Like they're like the only successful Colombian uh, mercenaries who hired Haiti's Moise hired by U.S. firm. Holy shit. Oh, right. They said they were hired. Yeah, right. Holy According shit. According to leaked audio, yeah. Dimitri Her Herard, head of the Haiti Presidential Palace Security Union, visited Colombia six times this year from January to May, and his security firm has been linked to CTU Security, the Miami-based security firm that recruited the mercenaries. Jesus Christ. So are people in jail for this? Like, what has happened? I never heard any more reporting on it for a good long while until the reporting that we just sent a bunch of like heavy duty equipment to quell <laughs> the protests, I guess they're rioters and bad, but that's the story. But that's, I heard that and then nothing about it. 
So but, a U.S. firm hired the hit people? Is that what they're alleging? Yeah. Is that for sure fact? I, that's what they're alleging. I mean... Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm sure you can't say it uh, uh, defini- definitively. I'll what? say it sounds plausible. What firm? Whatever, whatever. We outsource. Everything's outsourcing. You get a firm to do a thing, and it's all... That's what everybody does. Never mind just like that kind of shit. Just life... <laughs> just killing people. What do you think... Everything. Guy, what was the Haiti president opposed to? Well, I don't know what this initial one, but basically we get a lot of cheap labor comes out of there. So a while back when Hillary was in, they quelled a thing because they wanted like, they want their pays like sub what our prisoners make. Here it says, Haitian cops parade two U.S. mercenaries arrested over Jovenel Moise assassination. Jovenel, how do you say his name? Jovenel Moise. Jovenel, yeah, Mo- Moise, I don't know. I don't know why I'm acting like I know how to say assassination. that. Assassination. So Jovenel. They had two U.S. mercenaries, but they're you know Haiti's story, right? They had to pay. They were like the only successful slave revolt, I think, in like history, and they uh, had to pay reparations for for rebelling against. They had to pay for reparations of France until the eighties. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. For we, rebelling? For yeah, they they caused them their slaves. <laughs> no way. I look it up if you don't believe me. Uh, how do you sleep at night? Um, I you smoke know? a lot of weed. But that's the problem, isn't it? it makes you m- want to dig into the stuff more. Uh, like no, I, I would say don't dig egg. into any of it is my advice. When France extorted Haiti after enduring decades of exploitation at the hands of the French, Haiti somehow ended up paying reparations to the tune of nearly $30 yeah. billion in today's money. Is that you, you would think that would be a bigger thing. But there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of, I'm what? sure, bipartisan interest in uh, keeping holy, it how it is. Holy shit, dude. Oh, remember all those Haitian immigrants were coming in. They were saying they were whipping them, but it was like the reins on the guy's horse. Yeah, that was people at the border. They just had a photo that made it look like maybe he had swung that at somebody. But it was really just uh, the reins Everything's the so goddamn dishonest and also... Fo- like, they just want to sell links, right? They the just fa- want to yeah, sell clicks. But not like the fact that Haiti paid reparations for not being slaves. Okay, that's like a wild fact that I didn't know until five minutes ago. Yeah, so instead of making up a whipping thing with a picture, you, why wouldn't you be talking about real things? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because you don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guess. <laughs> I think you might be onto something. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Dude, we have we're like four hours in. Oh shit, we are. We've been rambling, son. Yeah, right. It's good to see you, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you too, man. We gotta do this more often. The real rabbit hole. It's because I got to work on Jimmy's goddamn show. Yeah. And and vaguely be aware of. <laughs> Talk to Jimmy in the moment here. Um, tell him to get out while he can. I don't know. I have no idea what. Uh, I don't. I'll ask him. He said, "What's up?" By the way. Tell him I said, "What's up?" Too. All right, brother. Um, oh, always good catching up with you. I and forgot. I'm gonna be at Uncle Vinny's on uh, from in the Point 30th, Pleasant. Yeah, to the thirtieth, uh, to the third. Nice. And uh, also, me and Colin are making new fresh prezes. We gotta make twelve. Oh, we have a contract, so there's new fresh prezes coming out. We didn't even talk about those. The the Dunnigan stuff that you, the two of you together are the best combination ever. Those fucking things are so funny, man. They're well, so dude, out there too. We got uh, yeah, we have. Do you see? We got Seinfeld to do the. 
the last one from no. yeah Seinfeld did it. He played uh, Sylvester Sylvester Stallone celebrity Squid Game <laughs> to feed a hungry kid. <laughs> he had to finish Seinfeld lines. <laughs> he was great. He did. It was like a great sport. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, there goes yeah. Play it. Very happy to be on the show. I was like, I thank you kindly, sir. The man who saved NBC. They could use you right now, but leave me. All right, now since you're a celebrity, you'll be playing for charity, and your charity's name is Josiah. Uh, how you doing, kid? For lunch, I drink a puddle. <laughs> so they have to get it right. Now here's how you play the. About to drink a puddle. Yeah, it's a squid game. Oh Jesus Christ! So he has to finish his own lines. He won the, the, it was a Thanksgiving meal for little Josiah. And then, <laughs> well, watch it. It was actually a good, the game came out really well. We did um, it with Ryan Flippy too one time. I'll check it check out. out it's at Kyle Dunnigan's uh, YouTube. YouTube page. Yeah. yeah. Not nearly enough subscriptions on that. Or, yeah. or the Instagram one. You guys are hilarious. All right, brother. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, man. Tonight, you're doing Kill Tony. That should be fun. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. All right. I got spaced out on this one. Yeah, well, it's, we got a couple hours. It's only we got we got time. All right. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Oh, give everybody your social media. Oh, Kurt Metzger Comedy on Instagram and uh, KurtMetzgerComedy.com, and then Kurt Metzger on Twitter is just my name. And uh, regularly on the Jimmy Dore Show. Jimmy Dore Show, Kyle Dunnigan Show. And both of us. All right. Bye, everybody.